career in healthcare is so much more than a job. It's a way to make a difference in the lives of others. At PCI, you can train to become a medical, dental, or medical office assistant in as little as nine months. Hybrid learning options with minimal on-campus requirements give you the flexibility to work around your class schedule. You can also work towards earning your GED at PCI while taking classes in a healthcare training program. Answer your calling. A rewarding new career is closer than you think. Learn more at PCIHealth.edu. You go by many titles. Dad. It's time to get out. No. Night manager and carpool captain. Hey guys, let's go. Come on. Everybody in. So adding a student title might feel daunting. But what if a school could be there for all of you? Career, family, finances, and mental health. National University believes supporting all your titles can lead to another one. Successful graduate. National University. Supporting the whole you. Learn more at nu.edu. Welcome to the Voice of the Children. I'm your host, John. And as I promised, we have a big show today. We have a mother who uh, lost her children many years ago. And they were put into foster care and the nightmare that uh, they had to live through in that foster home will be on tomorrow's show when I have her son but right now I'm not going to say her name or anything if uh, she wants to put her name out there I'll let her do that but as far as I'm concerned the show is anonymous and nobody has to say their name or where they live don't wait to begin your new career as a nurse the accelerated bachelor of science in nursing track at Concordia University Texas in Dallas offers three start dates a year, so you can begin your studies sooner. Concordia's innovative 16-month ABSN track combines online learning with hands-on labs and clinical rotations at top area hospitals. Get started on your life-changing adventure today. Search Concordia Texas ABSN. Meet Harper, teammate at Truist. Hello! She was born to care and always had your back, like the time her friend's bumper car took a gnarly hit. Oh no! His retainer went flying, but Harper caught it before it got crushed. Today, Harper's a teammate at Truist, the bank with Truist One checking. With no overdraft fees, a $100 negative balance buffer, and automatic upgrades, Truist One checking has your back too. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. $100 negative balance buffer. Eligibility requirements apply. Truist Bank member FDIC. sent me the evidence of everything the, uh, that happened to you guys and it's very believable evidence and so um, why don't you let us know what happened that set this whole case off why did CPS come into your life Absolutely. Okay. I was born in Georgia, 1974, Okay. And the reason I'm talking about my race is because that's the main reason they took my kids. Right. But it also is one of the reasons why I ended up where I ended up that made me a target. In the early 70s, you know, we were coming coming out of I guess you say segregation so it was kind of rough being from the south mixed 
always had was the fuzzy TV that would come in on this antenna we put up in a tree. And, you know, we were just about wood. My papa, we grew all our food. Only thing we bought at the store was sugar, flour, and rice. Everything else we grew. So we were some batwood jokers. And so I was naive about what a foreigner was. But now I know that a foreigner is somebody that wasn't born here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So I went toward foreigners because I was also... I don't know how to explain without going into a whole different story, but when I was in college, I couldn't pass the English exam in the University of Georgia. And not because I'm foreign, but because I was raised uh, redneck and you <laughs> tend to write how you talk. Right. And I learned English the incorrect way. So I needed to relearn it. And I got frustrated. And I had a falling out with my mama, and I went to Gaston, Alabama, because I had family there, and they also had a Gaston State College, which it wasn't a university, it was more of a college, so it had lower requirements, and they also even had lower than usual co college in English, because it had an intensive program. Okay. And while I was there, now there's a reason why I'm telling this part of the story, while I was there, I met some Middle Eastern. Now, at the time, I didn't have no idea who they were. They were just foreign, you know, college students. And I ended up becoming the girlfriend of a Shahi Ahmed Sadiqi. <laughs> okay, and he lived with some Muhammad Khans and, and a guy that stayed there. Okay. Now, I'm not going to tell you who they are right now because at the time, I didn't know who they were. And better understand the story of how this went down, I'm going to tell it how it was as it went down, if you follow what I'm saying? Because yeah. if I tell you who they are, it kind of, you don't get the story in the full grasp. But let's, anyway, let's. I had a Western boyfriend for two years. We went our separate race over a cat. They did something to my cat and that just, and I was took home. My mom witnessed these people bring me home because it was like 3 o'clock in the morning. They dropped me off on their first doorstep. Me and my mama got into it again. Me and my mama didn't get along. So a few days later, I left and went back to Gaston, Alabama, and this is where I met an illegal Mexican. Okay. And then this illegal Mexican ends up smuggling workers in or having them smuggled in, and they end up supplying... Uh, for contractors that builds for cousins' property. Now, do any of y'all, do you know, have you ever heard of cousins' property? No. Okay, it's one of the largest development com companies in the world. Makes um, sense. They're the ones that designed and built SoftBank in Austin. I think we have Houston, Texas, or is it Austin? I can't remember, but it's been all over. There's a lot of, you know, wild stories behind that bank, but... I'm not saying because of the wild stories. I'm just trying to let you know how, I guess you could say, elite this construction company is and how big they are. Okay. So, I knew that my husband had illegal smuggled in. My husband was very, very abusive. Now, I can show you and you can put up reports that are just catastrophic abuse. 
spring ruptured. He waterboarded me in sewage. He drugged me. Now, most of this happened in Mexico. He drugged me behind a car. Uh, I was poisoned with organophosphate, which made me where I couldn't move nothing but my eyeball. Now, a lot of this is hard to believe, but I have all the documents, and I'm willing to send it, put it up so people can see. So this man was very abusive. Well, by, let me see, I got with him in 94, and by 96, I was wanting to leave. The problem was, I was paralyzed. So I came up with this plan that I was going to get where I could walk, you know, take care of my kids, and I was going to uh, file for a divorce, and I figured if I went to court and told the judge <laughs> what all he'd done to me, I figured they would maybe arrest him, deport him, <laughs> and I'd get the kids, and I'd live happily ever after. The only thing in my life was a delusion. That was a delusion to think that you could go to a family court <laughs> And it worked that way. Now, that was probably a delusional thought. Right. But other than that, everything that I think and know, everybody can confirm. But that turns out to be a delusion. Anyway, when I got where I could walk, um, my husband ended up going to work for this dude named Ray Baxter, who also constructed, contracted for Cousins' property. And his lawyer juvenile judge. Oh. But this is illegal because in Georgia, not all states, but most states have it where you can't be uh, a full-time judge and a lawyer at the same time because it creates conflicts of interest. We would think, yeah. Well, in Georgia, it's illegal to do that. And you would think it would be that way in all 50 states, but I'm not sure. But I do know in Georgia where this started because it ended up in California. But when this started, it it was in Georgia, and that was that. When we moved into the Ray Baxter's house, it was a small town of 300 people. So you can imagine how gossipy, if you say anything, it's around, it, everybody knows it within an hour. Well, I started saying things unknowingly. Um, could open up a can of worms that I didn't even realize because I didn't realize what all my husband was involved in at that point. I just thought, he, you know, he arranged for illegals to come in and work for the construction construction site, you know? Yeah. They can't get here legal, you know? In my mind, at that time, I didn't think, you know, that much of it. I just thought that's just the way it was. But me saying a little bit too much, I was referred to go see a psychologist named, alleged psychologist, because come find out she ain't got no license. They, they court ordered me to go see this psychologist because they start saying they worried about my mental health and my stability. Well, every, so I know, uh, after everything you've been through, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame you for having uh, uh, some issues there. Well, that's one of the things I was gonna make sure I was gonna mention today. I'm not mentally ill. You don't sound I'm like you are. Emotionally, I'm emotionally disturbed, and they are things that can trigger my emotions a little more than normal people because I've been through so much. Mm -hmm. But that don't mean I need drugs. That don't mean my kids need drugs. Yeah. 
my right, I would be able to move forward and start healing. But back to uh, what I said. So I went to see the psychologist, Betsy Prince, alleged psychologist. We all thought she was a psychologist when I went to. So I go there, and she don't do no psychological testing. Of course, at that time, I don't know what psychological testing is. I'm, what, 20? This happened in 2002. I'm, like, 24, 25. I might be a few years off, but I was young. But I also had developmental delay. Autism runs in our family. We don't have the complete autism. We have the PBD. NOS, which is not otherwise specified, that means that we don't have all the systems of autism, but our speech, our language, and we just grow up slower than other people. But our intelligence is off the charts. Anyway, this is why I think they panicked. Because the only thing they did was she, she snooped around Basically, now that I look back of what I knew about my husband's business, and they did an IQ test. And I remember during the IQ test, two things happened. First, she showed me a picture of a cactus, and I and I was supposed to tell her what it was, and I said nobody, which is the Pacific type of cactus that it is. Well, I didn't think nothing about it at that point. Then we got to the metric part which is where me and my son's test off the charts. And we got to the end, and all of a sudden her face just got pale white. And there's reasons why I'm telling you this. She got pale white. And I looked like behind her. I was like, what? What is it? Is everything all right? She said, you got them all right. And I looked at her, and I said, well, well that's good, ain't it? <laughs> not to them. Well, not to them. Later, I get a petition for the custody of my kids, right? And they're saying I'm delusional. So here I am thinking, oh my God, I've done been through so much because I've been paralyzed, laid in bed, you know, with bed sores, drugs. I mean, you just would not believe. When you can see these reports of the catastrophic abuse, I mean, most people don't live through this, right? You're not going to believe it. Most people would be crazy. So I thought, well, maybe I am crazy. And I was like, oh man, that metric. I says, when I saw patterns, I bet I saw patterns that other people don't see, which I did. But I was thinking, that must mean, that must be the crazy test. Oh. <laughs> so she, they even had me at first convinced that maybe I am crazy. But I said, they ain't getting my kids. And I didn't know that much about CPS. I just knew that there's no, even without knowing how bad they are, I knew that, hey, that kids were better with their family. So... I packed my kids up, and within four hours, I was headed to the airport with my kids, and I took them to Mexico and left them with cousins, and we get to work in Mexico because we have uh, dual citizenship. Okay, because I ended up registering as a Mexican. Anyway, we had dual citizenship, so I did the papers, and I came back, and I gave them the papers. They were madder than hell. Yeah. Right? They were madder than hell. But they couldn't do nothing because this is the key. And later on, when there, there's an underground that developed in this story, but this is the key that everybody tells everybody. Now, if you're going to run, we can't tell you to run, but if you're going to run, your best bet is to run before the petition is upheld. Because
conviction, it is simply ink on a piece of paper until a judge adjudicates it. Right. If you can get gone before that paper, then you can have a little more argument if you got to your life. So I left because I had enough sense to know that. So when I come back, they made it very clear. They said, all right, but you need to go to Mexico. They told me I need to go to Mexico with my kids. And said, as long as you're in Mexico, they ain't no problem. But if you ever come back here, we catch you back here. It's going to look like you hiding with them kids. And we're going to get you. They had me convinced they were going to get me with some horrible crime. Right? Mm-hmm. Which they couldn't. They were just bluffing me. So I went to Mexico. They were telling my husband that I needed to go to Mexico. But then later on, when I find out what all my husband was involved in with these jokers, okay, I realized they were get, wanting to get rid of me because they thought that I knew more than I knew at that time. But I didn't know what I know now. But I think they thought that I did because I test so high on the metric IQ test and me running my mouth naively. But see, what people don't understand is people with developmental delay, it's different than being men, like having a, I don't know, I don't like using the R word, but it's not the same. We just grow up and develop slower socially than people that don't have autism. So I, I describe it as if a child were to walk in a bedroom of their mom and daddy and they saw walked in on something and they started describing the game that mom and daddy was playing the kids wouldn't realize what they were describing but everybody else would know what they were describing right, you right. follow what i'm saying yeah i got you that's kind of like i was about my husband when i talk about uh the trucks and i talk about going getting them i didn't realize how illegal what my husband was doing and i didn't really realize what all he was involved in so when i was running my mouth as a young adult with autism, I was spilling the beans without realizing I was spilling the beans and didn't even realize they were being spilled. Something else I thought of, not to cut you off, but I just want to add this in there. Uh, uh-huh. You mentioned earlier that you were raised in the backwoods. Like, so you didn't have a lot of, uh, like, people around you. You didn't, like, learn the ways, like, of the... Like busy society where you don't talk and you don't like you ignore yeah, I didn't this. Yeah, nobody to talk to, and my mama was very, very. I'm gonna say this, okay? Might upset my family, but everybody in my family either comes out a sociopath, a psychopath, or autism. I'd rather come out with autism personally, but me and my kids have autism. But I don't know. They're doing some the. There's a spark, they're doing a study, and they're, somehow it's related. It tends to be that in a lot of families. But they're also proving that your environment can trigger autism too, like Shaw. Well, anyway, that's another story. But if it runs in, if it's the type that runs in the family, right? Right. It's usually, you all come out sociopaths. Now, the reason I'm going to say this is later on in the story, um, when we talk about one of the Middle Easterns, when I lived there, they didn't go nowhere. There's a reason why they didn't go nowhere. They didn't go nowhere. And I remember an authority asking me 
right. and my mama just insulted me, which is the reason why I ended up with the men that I ended up with. Because I only had two, I've only had two men relationships. I left my my husband in Mexico in 
So, what was in the trucks? Are you able to tell us that, or is that something that well, you can't talk about? Later on, I'm going to tell you later. Okay. Because I'm just telling you so you understand where I was mentally. Okay. 
then I'll eventually tell you what and how I found out. Okay. So he beat me so bad, and I'll show you the report. It's in Spanish, but if you can get a translator or you know somebody that translated, it's unreal. I had hematoban on the brain. But what happened was I was sitting at the table with my kids eating, and my kids will tell you, they remember it like it was yesterday, even the, the youngest one that was six when we left, and they took him at six. We were sitting there eating dinner. He comes in. He grabs me by the hair to head. Now, let me remind you, I'm paralyzed, and I walk with leg braces. I was sitting in a chair, didn't have my leg braces on, so I was very defensive. He grabs me by the hair, pulls me, cleans the table, throws me down, and just beats me, beats me, drags me off in the woods and threatens to arrest me, accusing me of being an informant. So, anyway, I bullcrapped it. I got it. That's kind of entailed. Get too much into that. But anyway, I bullcrapped it. I left. I came back and snuck one out the window. And we went to a safe house. Okay. Well, first I went to this, I went straight to the American Embassy. So this is part of the story, too. Okay. okay. I went straight to the American Embassy. And they told me they couldn't help me because I had dual citizenship, which is bullcrap. But this is the story they told me. They said, in America, I'm an American. But in Mexico, we're Mexican. And we have to go through the Mexican CPS, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> so they took me to the Casa de Dix, which is a CPS house. The good thing about CPS in Mexico is they actually took the parents with the kids or the woman with the kids in the safe house. They don't necessarily separate the parents unless they absolutely have to. They have a place where they, it's like a place where all the kids, you go, the whole family goes. And then they have doctors and they triage you. Like you can't be around your kids if they think you're going to be a danger, but you can like see them during the day. Like you sleep somewhere, they sleep somewhere else and you interact. And then you get another level where you can be in a room where you sleep with them. And then you eventually get to leave with them. And then eventually you, if they rehabilitate, you get to go home with them. Well, there's an idea. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that is a real good idea. Yeah. done right by real good-hearted people. So we were there. And what was strange is there's this real famous uh, Arrufo. She's a famous movie star who's married to the governor of Hidalgo. And the governor is Lebanese. Now remember that. His, one of his parents, I think it's his daddy was Lebanese and his mom is Mexican. Okay. And maybe vice versa, but I'm pretty sure it's his daddy and his mom is Mexican. So remember that in the story. He's okay. Lebanese or Lebanon. So his wife took my case personally. Well, at first I thought... Oh, it's because I'm American, you know what I mean? And everybody treats Americans like they're special in the world, you know. <laughs> a lot of times they do. They either hate you or they treat you. You're, you're special if you go out in the world, like outside the United States. So I thought, well, maybe they took my case personally, like physically met with me, physically met, you know, one that physically took my case on, not just your run-of-the-mill social worker. Right. And at first I thought it was because I was American. Well, they said that they talked with the United Nations and decided that I needed to go back to California. And I'm trying to tell you this for a reason. I know it seems like I'm telling a lot that's unrelated, but when I get to the end, you're going to realize how everything I told you is related. 
Okay. Okay, so they send me to the United they send me to San Diego. And they tell me when you go to San Diego, go to the Department of Family Children's Service, they'll be looking for it. Bought my ticket to Tijuana because we didn't have a passport. And then we walked across and I went to CPS. And they said, You have to be here 60 days. You don't qualify for no funding. Now, this is the kicker. They said they couldn't help me because I didn't qualify for any funding because I had to be in the United States over 60 days. Although you're a citizen. Although I'm a citizen. Okay. So they didn't want my kids. I wasn't too crazy. You know, anyway. So after 60 days, an incident happened. My kid was in school, and an incident happened when he was being made fun of because when he speaks English, he speaks like I do, like a redneck. Mm -hmm. And when he speaks Spanish, he speaks like Ortomingas Indian, which is a batwood Indian from Mexico. Uh. And they were making fun of him. They were pulling his pants down, and these kids showed him a knife. And they, he said they had a certain color bandana. If you, I ain't going to say what color, but okay. a certain color bandana. And I went through every, I told the teacher, I told the principal, I called special ed, because my kids were all, had autism when we were in special ed, wouldn't do nothing. And my kid would come home, and finally I said, you know what, the next time he sees you or do, you tear his tail up. This is where I made my mistake. So my son did. He whooped all their butts. Well, then I got called down there, and I told the, uh, the the principal, I said, look, my kids have been through hell, and this is where I messed up too. I was honest. I told him about my husband was very abusive, that I just left him, and that he's been through all this trauma, and I was afraid that them being, you know, him being made fun of every day, it was affecting his emotions. She says, well, have you tried to go get him counsel? And I said, well, yeah. I said, uh, I was supposed to go to the CPS because the DEF in Mexico told me they were supposed to be looking for me. And then I went to the counseling place, like the mental health place for counseling. Counseling, not drug him up, counseling. Right. And they said that I didn't qualify because I hadn't been here 60 days unless something happened. And he looked at me and he went and said, well, something happened. And I was like, well, hell, sounds good to me. Of course, yeah. I never dreamed <laughs> what I was in for. <laughs> Nobody so, does. Nobody does. So they took him to the hospital. And my kids talking about everything. He talks about stuff and just like me, you don't realize what you're saying and everybody else is smelling organized crime, which, you know, we're so naive and we might be real smart in one aspect because we have autism, but in another aspect, we're totally naive. So we just talking. So they open up a case. Of course, they go to get their school records and they find out that we had been in Georgia. So they call Georgia, they call Texas, and Georgia, of course, Georgia sends all the papers over here that I'm delusional about that lady that died me diagnosed me delusional about being American and raised by non-Hispanics. One thing about and that, if I can cut in real quick, uh, the paperwork that you sent me, it mentioned that uh, Dr. Delper or Delpin yep. or something. Yep. Uh, like where does he? Get to it. Okay, okay. I'm to get to it. So they ended up saying, which I wanted to show y'all. Must get. I want to screenshot it and show you. It's like twenty court cases. They said that I had. 
went and showed him the Mexican papers where I had gay custody to my family. And I said, well, you said I'm crazy and that, you know, I'm a danger. And I said, so I came to my family before you uphold your petition. So problem solved. And they closed it. Okay. Custom Inc. is an awesome way to recognize employees, thank customers, and outfit your teams with their favorite products and brands customized with your logo. CustomInc.com lets you make your mark on water bottles, backpacks, polos, jackets, and a ton more. Custom Inc. is your go-to custom gear partner with great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing along with personalized help when you need it and an easy-to-use website when you don't. Oh yeah, and everything is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Check out what we can do for your business at CustomInc.com. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Texas and George, you know, Georgia's and all that stuff, right? And they said, no, I said it was entirety. But then they got that warrant to pull me back, and then everything was okay because they explained everything, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm going along because, you know. So that's the only two cases I had had in court, right? Okay. in San Diego? This is in San Diego. Okay. So George Clark, he takes my kids. Now, they tried to get me to agree to the chart, like to agree to the allegations. And I said no. And they, and I said I wanted a, a hearing. But they refused to let me have a hearing. In fact, if you read, did you read my guardian at Lightham Act? putting in paper that I was illegally removed from the court and deprived of hearing and deprived due process. Did you read that part? Yes. They actually removed me from the courtroom. In fact, the the bailiff was fixing to tase me and the only reason she didn't tase me is I had I had called the FBI and reported all this, right? Because yeah. I was naive thinking if you, this is all illegal, if you report these things, I was going to get in trouble, right? So I had it on speed dial, and I speed dialed it and put it on a speakerphone. And 
hear it. But get this, my judge, because I'm incompetent, waived my right to a hearing for me before they even gave me a guardian at life. Oh. Of course, well, then they court-ordered me to see this Marvin Yelper, who's the deprogrammer. Right. So I go see this deprogrammer, and for three days straight, he asked me, why would all these social workers, judges, my lawyers, guardian at Lyons, say you're delusional about being born in the United States if you were? <laughs> at first, I didn't, I didn't really say nothing. I just smart off at him every time. If you read the full report, you'll see I'm, I'm being sarcastic because he's pissing me off, right? Well, exactly. <laughs> Okay, so three days of this all day long, from like sun up to sundown, all day long, he's just badgering me, badgering me. But it backfired on me. I started thinking, yeah, why would all these mother jokers do this? And then I was thinking, yeah, but Georgia to California, what's the chances of them knowing each other? and then being in cahoots together, because that's what I called it back then. I didn't even know what the word conspiracy meant. I called it cahoots. That's how ignorant I was. Same thing. <laughs> I was thinking, what's the chances of the people in Georgia knowing the people in California and being in cahoots? And it never did dawn on me that that Lebanon, you know, that Lebanon family sent me to San Diego. It didn't, never did cross my mind at that point. But I started thinking, yeah, why? Well, I don't know if you remember, it was all over the news about Border Patrol shot a immigrant in the butt because when he started running back to Mexico and he was shooting, he was running in Mexico, but he was shooting over his shoulder at the at the Border Patrol, so the Border Patrol shot at him and shot him in the butt. Do you remember that scandal? No, I don't remember it, but I'm sure it happened. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway... And it ended up being they found in the Supreme Court that if a Mexican's running back to Mexico, you can't pursue it. It's crazy as anything. But anyway, when that was all over the news and there was a lot of Americans upset, there was a lot of what you call the Minutemen. You ever heard of the Minutemen? Yes. So they were out there. I'd see them protest in San Diego and seen it all over the news. And I started thinking, when I first went to the Minutemen, which are militia, I thought, they might not be, I might not agree with them. That's what I thought then. <laughs> I just, they might be racist, and I may not agree with them. But an enemy of your enemy is a friend of mine, right? Right. <laughs> well, I learned a lot going to militia. That's when I really realized what was going on. But anyway, so that's what I thought. An enemy of my enemy is my friend. So I went to the Minuteman, and I started talking to him. And as we were, they were all on 911, uh, being an inside job. And I was thinking, well, I know Middle Easterns are involved. I'd tell them, I can't tell you why, I know, but I know. It wasn't comfortable yet. Because as I was seeing all these pictures of people and them talking about people, 
sense you're fading out fading out again.
even recorded that's on YouTube. I recorded them telling me that I, I can't submit any evidence. I saw that actually on your profile. Um, that phone call that you recorded with the court in San Diego, uh, uh, where they wouldn't uh, let you submit evidence proving uh, that you're not delusional. Exactly. Yes. And this is another funny thing. They never put on the papers. If you look at all the papers, they never mention at the before 2009. I never mentioned anything about. Uh, that I believe that the, the Middle Easterns I lived with was involved in 9-11 mm -hmm. and that they're trying to cover up that I saw them meet with five Saudi Arabians in Houston. Okay, I never mentioned that because at that point, it never really don't. I had really moved on and I really didn't realize who the Middle Easterns I had been with and it never dawned on me why Yusef was hiding out in 93 like he did because I didn't think nothing of it because my mama didn't go nowhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when I went with the, when I went to the militia and I started saying these names, they said, oh, "Wait a minute, what name you say?" And then they get on the FBI and they said, "Look at this picture. Are you talking about this too?" I was like, "Holy crap!" And they like, "Oh, no wonder they trying to make. No wonder they you programming you trying to make you think. They think you know more than you probably know, and you might know more. And I probably know more than I realize I know." say deprogram I want people out there to know that I read the news article that you sent me about the doctor uh, Galper or whatever his name was uh, that was written about him I believe like, back in 1976 where uh, he worked with like, like members of like religious cults that needed yep. um, in his words like like needed to be uh, 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 deprogrammed. Like so, he was like reverse brainwashing these people. Like, but I also noticed like, like he doesn't like the word brainwash. And I also I uh, looked online for this guy, and I thought it was awful strange. But he's been in this business. I'll be uh, 50 years old next year, and 
like, so I was like three years old when that article came out. So he's been in this business, I would have to say, for over 50 years. Uh, uh, but when I looked him up online, there's like no reviews on this guy. When you've been in business for over 50 years and not one person's written reviews on your business, there's no pictures of them. Uh, but I found that kind of odd that but I can't find anything on this guy. But he's been this like big psychiatrist for over 50 years, like, uh, 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 but yet nothing's there on him. Go ahead. Yeah, I just he want did a lot of interviews in the 70s, and he kind of quit because one of his partners, Ted, uh, was Patrick, Ted Patrick, I think it was named Ted Patrick, went to prison. Or was in there. He went to prison and they got him for kidnapping. Kidnapping people. cult members after he deprogrammed him. Yes, I did read that. Yeah. She's one of our heroes here. They made this group. My mama was on board. The Vicky Bonds that was on that board is my mama. Wow. And when Nancy Schaefer was talking about... Right now, Amazon is offering some amazing extra perks that come with a job offer. If you start a warehouse job, you can get a $1,000 sign-on bonus. That means you start earning a paycheck right away, plus you get extra cash to use before the holidays. Applying is so easy, you don't even need an interview. It's never been so rewarding to start an hourly job that's close to home. So what are you waiting for? To join the team today, visit Amazon.com slash sign-on bonus. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.
to the militia and started proving. I started gathering proof. My my son escaped, but after first the McStay family. You remember the McStay family? Mm, no, I've been out of the loop for a while with all of this stuff. I don't uh, never watched much news. It was always very depressing and. Yeah, well, one of the families that ran was the McStay family. Okay. They ran to Mexico. And how I know they went to Mexico is because we used to do podcasts like this with a Jane Paul, 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 something like that. Okay. B-O-Y-L-E, something like that. I can't remember her name exactly. Okay. You ever heard that name, Jane? Poyle? Poyle, yeah. Jane Poyle? It rings a bell. Okay, well, she used to do podcasts. Okay. And they had a chat room. I don't know if you've ever, like, talked to and then there was another one. I can't remember which one she did. There was another one, but I can't remember which one she was on. I don't think she was on talk show. I think she was on talk blog. You ever remember talk? You ever heard of talk blog? Yes. What year are we in now in your story? What year? Like, where are we at? Okay. Well, when they first took them, it was 2006 in, in California. Okay. And then by 2007, I went to the militia. And then 2008 is when his liver started failing. And she said, you know, you got to prove it. And I went on a mission to prove it. And then I started going on the militia radios explaining why they are trying to make me crazy and say that I'm crazy, right? Okay. Just your typical CPS case. Okay. Now, this is where it gets a lot of people ask me, well, do you believe all these people are involved in this big Saudi Arabia cover-up? No, I don't. This is what I believe. I believe that we live in a very, uh, what, how do you say, uh, demoralized country where people have gotten so demoralized, not everybody, but especially the people that are in power, okay, and they have created a system. Now, we can argue the motive to create these systems. There is a pharmaceutical system, there is a prison system, and there is a CPS system. You're right. Okay, and everybody knows, and they play on each other, right? Because they, if once when you go into, let's say a family goes into CPS, let's say a family that's not like mine, a non-dysfunctional family, because this happens all the time, okay, because one could argue, yeah, you're dysfunctional, yeah, I am dysfunctional, but wrong is wrong and right is right, but let's say you are a everyday American family, you're not dysfunctional, you know, everybody has a little bit of issues, but you know what I mean, within yeah. normal, right. within normal, you got a good, solid family, you have equity in your home, you may have money in the bank, you know what I mean, and maybe even have, a, especially if you have something like a trust, oh, they love that shit, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, <laughs> they love that stuff, You're fine. but you could be a, have a good family, somebody gets mad at you, your neighbor, your dog pissed on their tree or something, I mean, something stupid, right. they call CPS, they come in there, and they go in there, they're not evaluating if your children are abused or not abused. They go in there evaluating your family of what case formulation is best to to maximize funding. Now, if you are a drug addict and 
where they do in-home services. And why? One, they don't fill up a foster home. They don't fill up a space for the kids or the parents that are going to fight and show up because there's more money in the fight. So they are going to get the 18-month program where they're at home. Because after the 18 months, they'll close it. More than likely, a few months later, they're going to get another phone call because they're really hard functional, and then they'll 18-month them again. They make more money by putting the real endangered kids in an 18-month plan. And they get to benefit if something happens because if something happens, then they get to put it on TV and propaganda why they need more power, more money, more control, and use them as a poster child of why we need more control and more money. I totally believe you because that makes sense. That really does make sense. Now, now if you're a parent, let's say you're a good functional, back to good functional family with a good father figure at home working and making good money, they're going to go in there and they're going to first want to know who makes the most money and if y'all love them, how good the bond is. Because if y'all got a good bond and they know you're going to fight like H-E-L-L and do everything they say, they go, ooh, this is a good one because there's money in the fight. Mm-hmm. And if they like to divide, they'll say, you're the bad guy, you're the good guy. So they'll pick. A lot of times they'll pick. They'll start off with one parent being a good guy. And it's usually the one who makes the least amount of money. Because there's money to get. If you take it, then you get to pay get child support and run them in divorce court. And then they'll, they'll be double... They'll be double whamming you. They'll have CPS court and family court because they'll say she can only have the kids if you divorce him. That's what they tried to do with us. They tried to turn my wife on me, and then they attacked her when they got me out of the home. I wasn't gone. Yep. Why? But they they attacked her. And they go through that cycle. Then they'll turn on the mother. That's what I was getting at. They always turn on the mother, and then and then ring them through the funding system. We turn. Uh, turn on both of you. Like first yeah, the mom's the yeah. innocent victim, and then like once they get their claws into the mother, oh she's not worthy of these kids. Like and then they got both of you separated. They got your kids away from you. Like and then they work on your mental health. Like and they want to drive you down so far so they can get you on drugs. Like and then they call you a drug addict so you're not going to get your kid back because you're a drug addict and you have depression. That's what they tried to do. And if, if you don't do drugs, they'll say you do drugs. Hell, they, they said I did drugs when I was, I never did drugs. I drank my first beer on September 21st, 2022, on my son's 22nd birthday. Wow. I drank the beer with my son. That was the first beer I had ever drank in my life. I've never smoked a cigarette. I still have never, I never smoked a cigarette. I've well, never did any type of drugs. I think you earned I that beer, it. so don't worry about that. <laughs> so, they said I did, uh, Yeah, they use that. They so, so if, if it's a delusion, then how come you sitting there, you say, I don't have it when it comes to the mental, mental part, but then when it comes to taking care of my kids, you say, I'm paralyzed, so I can't take care of my kids. So which is it? Am I or am I not? Just like with my identity. Okay, if I'm delusional about being a 
that can fake a redneck accent really well. And I <laughs> killed a Celeste and her kids, and I got, I just took over her identity because I want America. This is America's greatest country in the world, and I want to come over here and just take over her identity and everything. Right. And I believe that I'm this person now. Why would you be programmed me? Why wouldn't you try to find out what I did with the real Celeste and then gradually give me counseling and try to, you know, it's okay, we're not going to hurt you, won't you tell us who you really are, you know, why would you, if you just, well, you read the deprogramming. Yeah, yeah. Why would you do that to somebody, even if they are mentally ill? Because you can control them better. You would think that would be illegal and wrong even if I was crazy and all this is in my head. Technically, I think it might be illegal, but just, uh, but everything these people do is illegal. They don't care. Well, you know how many lawyers I've had tell me, but I would go into a lawyer when I was fighting for my kids and they said, you know what, uh, uh, your retainer is $7,500, but I'll be honest with you, um, uh, the department makes up their own guidelines and they live by their own rules. But I looked at these people and I said, you know what, you want $7,500 uh, retainer, but you want me to play by the rules uh, they make up for themselves? Can I make up my own rules and live by them? No. But that's the one problem I had, and that's, but it's one of the things that like lit this fire under me. You're not living by your own rules like when you're playing with my kids' lives. And that's just unacceptable and that has to come down. I can't, but nobody makes their own rules. I don't care who you are, but they're an independent entity. And that's the problem. It's amazing you're even alive after everything you know. Well, like how would you... I, let, me, let me tell you what just happened and why I had to wait to June the 1st. And, and I had to wait to June the 1st, and I still don't know what's going to happen with coming out. Okay, so I start gathering proof. Okay, but first I have to tell you about the mixed day family ran in Mexico. Okay. I made a mistake. Okay, people with autism don't have filters, and I'm so emotional and no, not mental, emotionally distraught. And I just, I called him up. I called the sheriff. I called his secretary, the sheriff of San Diego. And I 
their disappearance, and now nobody knew why they up and left. Okay, they up and left from CPS, and the reason I know this is because, like I was telling you, Jay, that Jane Goyle, mm-hmm. she was she had a chat room, and Summer came in and she started asking about what do you need for Mexico? Do you need birth? And it was like, you know, it ain't like the United States; they don't check, you know, they don't sit there and check for your papers when you're coming in, right? Only when you go deeper and money talks, you know, you can pay to go deeper. And she was talking about, well, and I told, and this is, I told her, you can't, if you run, you can't tell nobody. First of all, I can't tell you to run, because that'd be illegal. But if you choose to run, I can't stop you. If you choose to run, you need to do it as soon as possible. Try to do it before the petition is held. You can't tell nobody. You can't tell your mom. You can't tell your sister. You can't tell your cousin. Because if you do, that incriminates them. Then they become involved in if they charge you with international kidnapping or international custodial interference is what they call it. Okay. And then she was talking about, well, how how could we survive? Because I'm worried about surviving. I said, well, you you gonna have to have income because you can't be getting money from your family because then they gonna know. You know what I mean? Right. It's hard to get money without them tracing it, especially nowadays. And then she said that her husband made fountains. And then I was like, oh, fountains are everywhere in Mexico. Then things sound like crazy. All the uh, tourists, they buy them. I said, oh, he'll, he'll be able to make money. And I told her another thing is that you need, everybody recommends if you run, you know, you go to a hotel, you need to buy a good out inside toy like a kitchen, you know, a kitchen toy mm-hmm. or, a, or a cashier toy, a real good inside toy, and you need to engage with them because the last thing you need while you're at this hotel, and you need to go to a hotel that's cheap, that pay, pays cash, that don't require ID. You know what I mean? Dude? Right, yeah. If you're running, when you're hiding, debating what you're going to do, or if you're going to run to Mexico and you're getting your affairs in order, you need to go to a cheap hotel where they ain't no, you know, they don't take no ID. Keep off the radar. Sorry, I just got a uh, Amber Alert. Okay, but you if you're a 
Right now, Amazon is offering some amazing extra perks that come with a job offer. If you start a warehouse job, you can get a $1,000 sign-on bonus. That means you start earning a paycheck right away, plus you get extra cash to use before the holidays. Applying is so easy, you don't even need an interview. It's never been so rewarding to start an hourly job that's close to home. So what are you waiting for? To join the team today, visit Amazon.com slash sign-on bonus. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. No matter which road you take, the Toyota Tundra is the perfect way to navigate it. You may find yourself in some pretty remote places. That view is amazing. Or in places where pastimes become stories that become legends. I got one. It's a keeper. And each day ends watching a star-filled sky. Whoa. Built to follow your path, the Toyota Tundra. Visit your local Toyota dealer or toyota.com for your ready-for-anything Toyota Tundra. Toyota. Let's go places. See packages and options at toyota.com for feature availability. seen Bill uh, um, Gore's name on the internet I believe he uh, uh, he's in some trouble he stepped down he up and resigned a, a few months ago and everybody was like why is he up and resigning I have a feeling that it may be because he realized he's under investigation because let me finish the story okay okay so when I go meet my son after he escapes I'm in Mexico Okay, my son had thyroid problems. Oh, he had so many problems. He almost died when he first left because his immune system, him being kept inside a, in a cage inside a hospital. It's like a mental institution. Wow. But they kept him in a cage. His immune system was so low, he liked to die. And the doctor in the state hospital in, in Quivalo, Mexico, said, you might want to consider going back. He says, you know... Mexico is a lot is not as clean as the United States. A lot of people who live outside, you know, like you and me, come down here and have problems. Right. But you coming from a hospital, been in a hospital since you were ten, and now you're fifteen. Your immune system. You ain't been out with pollen. You ain't been because he. They didn't let him go to school. They didn't let him go nothing. Mostly in a in a first it was his room and then a box. So they were and kept in the cages in a hospital. Okay. Well, it was. It's well. This is how they got it. When you go in there, it's like cottages. 
what they call cottages okay. inside a fence. And okay. the fence looks like it's made to keep kids in, not people out. They said it's to protect the kids from bullcrap. It's the way it's made is to keep them in. But once you go in there and there's three doors, there's a school door, a middle institution door, and a group home door. So it's like three, they have three business licenses in one place. Okay. You follow what I'm saying? I got you now, yeah. So it's like a, it's, you know, have you ever seen these native schools? You ever seen pictures of these native schools where they used to take natives and put them in these institutional schools? Yes. It looks like one of those. But they call it a, a residential, they call it a hospital, but it ain't really a hospital. It's like a residential mental place. I don't know. But it, to me, it looks like where they used to take the natives. Okay. You know, the pictures you see on the internet. Right. But it's all inside air conditioned. So he never was out around pollen or the trees or, you know. So when he went there, he got real sick. So back to the point, he got real sick. And then he had his his uh, thyroid had went bad and it was absorbed. So he don't have no thyroid due to all these medications they gave him. Wow. It messed up his pituitary gland too. So he started getting, I started getting scared about his blood sugar. So I went to the state department. But I was afraid if I went to the state department that they would send him back unless I had proof that I wasn't crazy. So I went to the State Department with three DVD rums proving where them trucks were going and what it was involved in. <laughs> I'm so freaking crazy. I'm staying crazy. I wasn't crazy or delusional before the deprogramming and them torturing my kids, but after they did this, I did get delusional. I got crazy, like brave, like you have to be insane to take to the State Department what I took. But when you're, when somebody does this to your kids and you so pissed and you ain't got a damn thing to lose because you know you ain't getting them back. I know that feeling exactly. <laughs> oh, and she said I had to prove. I was going to say, you know what? Mm-hmm, I'm going to prove. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, Hold my I beer. <laughs> President's Day or something. Hillary Clinton happened to be at the G20 summit. I don't know if you know what a G20 summit yes. is. But in Cup, I can't remember where it was in Mexico, but it was in the news. She did a surprise visit on February 20th, 2012. She went to pick up them DVDs. I was told that by, uh, you ever heard of Blackwater? Yes. Blackwater contractors. Because this is what happened. When I first got there, I didn't have no money. And we didn't have enough time for my daddy to send money for me to get a hotel. So I stayed the night out on the street at the State Department. Because what we were doing, it didn't take that. I gave the DVD, and then they said they were going to help me get 
get home and they wouldn't go send me to California. They lied. Anyway, so we I stayed the night outside with the guards and then we started fishing around and they said they did not because I speak Spanish and they started sharing a little bit and I started sharing a little bit before we know it their people need my people or my family my husband's family. And we started talking. He said, Yeah, we thought he said we were so he said, This DVD's gonna stir some shit. Right, it's gonna start some. Mm-hmm. It's gonna stir some. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next day, my daddy sends money, and it was by then it was gonna be a long holiday. You know, Monday was a holiday, and they said, "Well, we ain't gonna be open on the weekend or Monday, so go get a hotel, come back Tuesday." So we went and got a hotel, and I have a feeling if this wouldn't have happened, I would have been killed. But I had a dog, a service dog. Her name's Moonshine. And they had called the hotel before, and they said, we could stay there, but the dog could. So one of the State Department workers took my dog, and we went. But when I went, I had dog, I had a dog brush, a dog carrier, dog sweaters, dog shampoo. I had dog stuff, right? Right. So we stayed one night at this hotel, and the next day, they jumped on me and said, you can't stay here. We said, no dog. I said, I don't have no dog. They said, yeah, you do. You got shampoo. You got, I said, we don't have no dog. They said, get out of here. Move, move. We don't, no dog, no dog. So we left. He said, and your dog? I said, I'm telling you, I don't have a dog. (laughs) (laughs) The State Department has the dog. I just have the dog stuff. So we left and we started walking and we started walking and we started walking and we found this hotel that was even cheaper, but it was up on the uh, top floor. So we went up. And we unloaded, and as soon as we unloaded, all this parade, like all these people just surrounded the hotel. And that's when I found out the G20 was happening. They gathered, they were doing a G20 protest, so they closed off the streets and everything. And something told me not to call the 1-800 number, because when when you're working with the State Department in the foreign country, they'll tell you, if anything happens, call us at this 800 number. we got people 24 hours, and you know, so we know where you're at. But something told me not to call them, tell them where I was at. (laughs) (laughs) You know how you just have a gut feeling not to do something? Yeah. (laughs) So between me calling and uh, me not calling and telling them that something happened at the other hotel and that I switched and us being surrounded by the G20 protest, we were well protected, if you know what I mean. Yeah, obviously. A few months later, Benghazi happened. You're starting to see where I'm going with this. Yeah, when, uh, uh, as soon as you mentioned Hillary Clinton, I was getting an idea. <laughs> it was only going to get worse. <laughs> okay. Then my son was kidnapped off the airplane. Now, that's a story in itself. You can go watch the videos about me talking about him being kidnapped off the Delta. Well, he went back. They took him. They kidnapped him off and took him back to California. And the whole time he's on the airplane, that he can tell you this, they're telling him. Medicaid. It's called Seguro Popular.
Popular. So we got him off to, to Guru Popular, he got his medicines, and he didn't come back till he was 18. So then he come back and he started filing lawsuits against, we started filing lawsuits. Okay. okay. One of my lawsuits was against the Federal Bureau of Investigation for failure to protect me. Because I put either A, I'm delusional, and my rights were violated, and they failed to protect me. Or B, I'm not delusional, and there is a conspiracy involving I don't know who all of the government, you know, and my rights were violated. I put A or B. Well, the Department of Justice motioned for my case to be dismissed like I'm, you know, crazy. Or they said frivolous. They said I was crazy and it was a frivolous lawsuit. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but I think you know what I'm saying. Yeah, frivolous. So the judge denied the the, the motion with the mute. So they was going to hear my case. Wow. They up and arrested me saying that I had threatened a judge and social worker 10 years ago, which now is 13 years ago. 10 years ago. No statute of limitations on that, I guess. <laughs> ben Bill Gore, who, who is the his main part in my, uh, cons, you know, my allegations is involved in a conspiracy, Saudi Arabian cover-up. Because if you follow the Saudi Arabian lawsuit, I don't know if you've heard that, where the 911 families are suing Saudi Arabia. Oh, yeah. The main person in the cover-up is Bill Gore. And guess who Bill Gore was up until just a few weeks ago? Uh, the sheriff. sheriff of San Diego. Yeah. yeah, the sheriff of San Diego. And guess where he worked before that? Where? He was the director of FBI, and he was in charge of the CIA that put up the two terrorists that are connected to Saudi Arabia. Wow, and you're Starting still breathing. Okay, well, I don't, I don't know what the hell will happen after this, but anyway. <laughs> but this is why I'm fixing to get lead up to what happened why I feel safe. Safer, not completely safe, but safe enough to risk it again. Okay, so they dragged me back illegally. Bill Gore swore under oath, or had his some of his people swear, that Bill Gore had no interest in my arrest. Full crap. He has... He didn't have no conflict of interest, that's it, which was a lie. Then it took three months to get me from New Mexico to California because this is how they did it. First, they, I, I was fighting it because I was saying, well, here's the papers. It's been adjudicated that I'm delusional about being born in the United States, raised by not Hispanics, and English is my first language. And since I'm not this American, this American identity that this war is under is not me. And under the Supreme Court ruling of 
somebody from point A to point Z to extradite you. But they didn't do that. They took me to the next county sheriff. They took me in a parking lot. They swapped me off in a parking lot. Then they took me to their jail, fingerprinted me, held me a few days, and then they took me out, took me to the next county. And then they fingerprinted me, and some of them held me for a week, some of them held me for a few days, but I went county to county, them arresting me. So I now have a record of being arrested like 20 times. Wow. And then when they got me to California, right, they deemed me incompetent and sent me to Napa State Hospital. And my own lawyer told me that I, had, I better act crazy and recant everything that I alleged in my federal torts or I was never going to come home. So I acted crazy. They put me in that mental institution for two years. After two years of me convincing them that, oh yeah, I would never say any, I would never get on the phone like I am with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I convinced them that I would never go say doo-doo about none of this. They let me come home. They did a deal. They dropped all the charges to two misdemeanors, no probation, no nothing. Of course, they told me don't get on social media. They told me not to. Okay, but it wouldn't be written into the paper. Now, the deal is not set in stone, stone to a year, so I had to wait till June 1st. Okay. Okay, but this is something else that happened that made me feel safe. Remember I told you I, I'm paralyzed and I wear leg braces? Yeah. Okay, so when I got out, I went to put it, to cut my disability on because they took it when I was in the hospital. Of course, they take it to pay for you know, the hospital. Well, I went to go get my disability. They said because I was there over a year that I had to reapply and go through all the motives, you know, motions again, you know, reapply and prove I'm disabled again. Right. So I put in that I was physically disabled. Well, this is where y'all all going to get a kicker out of this one. Now, you got to remember, I came to Texas. Right. Right now, Amazon is offering some amazing extra perks that come with a job offer. If you start a warehouse job, you can get a $1,000 sign-on bonus. That means you start earning a paycheck right away, plus you get extra cash to use before the holidays. Applying is so easy, you don't even need an interview. It's never been so rewarding to start an hourly job that's close to home. So what are you waiting for? To join the team today, visit Amazon.com slash sign-on bonus. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Right now, Amazon is offering some amazing extra perks that come with a job offer. If you start a warehouse job, you can get a $1,000 sign-on bonus. That means you start earning a paycheck right away, plus you get extra cash to use before the holidays. Applying is so easy, you don't even need an interview. It's never been so rewarding to start an hourly job that's close to home. So what are you waiting for? To join the team today, visit Amazon.com slash sign-on bonus. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. disability and the doctor I see tries to say that I can do 
Ray Dolly. Some stupid stuff that don't even exist anymore. He said, I can do four jobs. So I decided I didn't want to wait to court because it would take six months, especially with COVID. I said, you know what? They sound crazy. I'm so crazy. I don't know who I am. I said, I'm going to take all the mental costs. I'm just going to go ahead and submit it so I can go ahead and get my disability because I need it. My sons are putting me up. You know what I mean? So I decided, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to use, I'm just going to go with it. Submitted all my hospital records. Well, you gotta remember, they say I'm delusional about being born in the United States, raised by non-Hispanic, and English being my first language. Now, I want you to imagine if you're a disabled, per- you know, that you're in the disabled department of Social Security, and you read that. What do you think you gotta do? Give you disability? No. What? Refer me for the I, the OIG for using the stolen identity. Because if it's oh. been adjudicated that I'm not born in my born in America, then that means I'm not the person I claim to be trying to get disability. Okay. So it triggered an investigation. <laughs> oh wow. Well, I was getting benefits at the state level. I'm okay. not ashamed because after all they put me through, I'm not ashamed. I wouldn't okay. be. Okay, so I'm getting, I was getting benefits at the state level. After 18 months, they cut it off because they said I hadn't been deemed disabled yet, right? Okay. So I appealed it. This was about the time I found out that I was under investigation for using the stolen identity at the Social Security office. <laughs> so I sat down on the computer, right? Okay. And I write the uh, Attorney General's office. The one that's like best friends with Trump. <laughs> wow. The one that don't that's been raising hell about Benghazi. Right. <laughs> so I wrote a letter to him. Told him what was going on. And said I invited an investigation. Because I know you're gonna find out who I am. I said, I just hope that you act accordingly when you find out why they're trying to say I am. Well, I didn't even have to go to the appeal court. They turned on all my benefits like that. Wow. I know that's, like, you got to have something, like, because they denied me disability, and I was living, like, the place I was living, I should have automatically gotten it. I wasn't living in a mental hospital or anything, but, like, where I was living, everyone else had it, like, but they Mm -hmm. wouldn't give it to me. So if they just did that for you, like, you must know something. (laughs) people need to be under investigation. Okay, so that gave me a little bit of courage, and then I hit that one-year mark, and Bill Gore stepped down, so I called 
explain everything. But so everybody knows we've got well, you got three and a half hours left on here. So if you have to go in and like let everybody know exactly what you mean for those who might not know, you're welcome to go ahead. Okay. Well, let's talk about the next day, family, because that's one thing that's in my heart. Okay. Because Chase Merritt is an old man that's on the death, what do you call it, death row for a crime he did not commit that I know I caused. Now, I did, it ain't legally my fault. It ain't really morally my fault, but I did cause it by being stupid, okay? I should have never called him, and I should have just kept my mouth shut and let it happen. You know what I mean? You never know. You never tell your enemy what you're planning. You know what I mean? Oh, I know, yeah. So I was stupid when I did that. But the McStay family, if you Google the McStay family, on February 4th, 2010, they allegedly disappeared. Okay. And they couldn't find them. And the sheriff's department didn't really want to look for him. Everybody thought that was strange. Everybody talked about how he didn't do right. He didn't look for him and all that. That's because he knew they went. To, he, went he knew they went to Mexico. So when you say the family, is this like husband, wife, and children? Is that yeah? A okay. husband, a wife, and two toddlers. Okay. And they disappeared. And they didn't look for him. And their car was parked a couple of blocks from the Mexican border. Okay. With a kitchen in it, with a kitchen set in it. You know what I'm talking about, those little kitchen sets? Yes. Got the dishes and all that stuff, yeah. like you pretend you're, you know, cooking and stuff. So, and then they saw a video that looks like the two kids and the woman, and uh, everybody else says it looks like him, but his family says it didn't, which I'm down with the family, because your family knows, you know what I mean? Yes, you would think, yeah. Don't you? by the wall but this is what I imagine happened that's the guide just like a guide met my son mm -hmm. this is what I imagine happened based on the advice we gave them and then what we do know I imagine they up they went to a hotel where they pay cash with no ID right. and they bought a kitchen like was recommended and she stayed in the hotel keeping them entertained so they wouldn't have no attention and he went with the guide across and found a good, safe, stable place for the family and then had the guide come back because he couldn't because if they run his name, you know, he's going to be, that everybody's going to know where he's at, right? right? So the guide, who can go back and forth, come back and then met them. She rode to the border with the car in the kitchen in the back, met them, and that's why you see the two kids and a woman and a man that don't fit the description of holding one of the kids' hands. And this is where the give the dead giveaway. If all y'all look this up, and the reason I'm asking y'all to look this up is because everybody needs to let this go far and wide and make a stink because this man is on death row for a crime he did not commit. But if you look at the pictures that are on the internet, you're going to see that she always put her kids in these knitted hats from like the 40s. You know the knitted hats like in the 40s and yeah. 50s? And they had these little pom-poms on them? Yes. If you look at that video, you can clearly see she has these knitted caps with pom-poms. First of all, how many people wear them nowadays? Very well, 
spelling of that family's last name? M C S T A Y. Okay. Next day. Okay. And can you imagine? I want you to imagine this is how Bill Gore would have panicked. Because there's a case called Diane Booth. Have you ever heard of Diane Booth's case? No. Okay, Diane Booth is a county up above San Diego. She had a kindergartner that she put in school, and he was rambunctious, like most high-intelligent people are rambunctious. And they tried to say he needed to be put on Ritalin, and she would not put him on Ritalin. So the teachers called CPS, and they took him. And they were drugging him up. He was having all these effects, and all this abuse was happening to him. So she would go visit him, and it was supposed to be a supervised visit at one of these hospital group home institutions, things that look like, you know, what I was talking about my kids were in. Yeah. He was in one of those, and they walked off. They had a crisis, and the person that was monitoring the visit walked off, and she just got this urge, here's my chance. So she just walked out the door with her kids, hauled ass in the car, and took off. Sorry, my alarm keeps going off. But she took off to Canada. She didn't go to Mexico. She went to Canada. Okay. Well, after they were found, she did an asylum trial, and Ted Gutterson showed up. You know who Ted Gutterson is? I've heard the name. Okay. Before he became a big advocate exposing CPS as a child trafficking ring, okay. not just institutional trafficking, he that he claims that he personally saw as FBI. Of course, they say he's crazy, but yeah, he was fine with when he was director of the FBI. But suddenly. When starts whistleblowing, he's crazier too, to, you know, that's how it always goes, but anyway, he says, and went and testified at her asylum uh, trial, and the reason I'm pointing this out is, Bill Gore is aware, because see, he becomes a director after Ted Gutterson, so he knows about Ted Gutterson, he knows about Dan, uh, Diane Booth, so he knows how big it was in Canada, it was all over the news. But with the mixed days, all the coverage, if you go look up them and you see how much news coverage they had before they were even found, can you imagine if they would have been found and somebody like me, speaking English and Spanish, and a Mexican citizen, which would gave me a little bit of protection from them, okay, showing up with pictures of me with Shahid Ahmed Sadiqi, <laughs> and me showing it and telling and then my kid be, and my kid being in Mexico had ran from Mexico and him deformed. And then, and, and I was pretty sure, I'm pretty sure a lot of the other people that were in the, uh, in the group, Schaefer's group, might have, probably would have showed up in Mexico too. And what really spooked him is at the same time that the Hakens boys were found, that spooked him, there was another case called Baby Sammy. Do you remember Baby Sammy? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Did you see when they had a commission, they had all those, uh, board members, the commissions or whatever they had in that county did you see how many people showed up to testify that they had been done the same way was there a lot they had it was like 10 
Right. And it was still like three and four and five, maybe even ten blocks. You just, just you go look at the videos; it's unreal. So between that, the Haken boys being found, and me and Caulfield Court told him I was going to show up. That's why they went and found the McStays, killed them, brought them back, buried them in a the desert, and framed Chase Merrill. I know that as sure as I know that I'm speaking English and that I was raised by white people. And I, were, and I am the American that was born in Georgia. And you have a birth certificate to prove all this also, so we that's verified. Yep. Um, this yep. is one question. I don't know if I should ask this or not, but I have to. Um, okay, go ahead. Like, we all know that uh, uh, Nancy Schaefer was murdered, and it was called murder-suicide. Is there anything that you have on that? I mean... <laughs> well, see, this is where I'm with you, Washington. Oh, yeah. But, but there for a while, and then I heard something the other day that made me reconsider. At first, I thought she was in the protective witness program, waiting to when all this comes down. Then I started thinking, no, it's too long. There's no way. There's no way. But then I heard something on the Internet the other day from some ex-intel uh, that gave me hope that, that this is about to go down. And... Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. 
Right now, Amazon is offering some amazing extra perks that come with a job offer. If you start a warehouse job, you can get a $1,000 sign-on bonus. That means you start earning a paycheck right away, plus you get extra cash to use before the holidays. Applying is so easy, you don't even need an interview. It's never been so rewarding to start an hourly job that's close to home. So what are you waiting for? To join the team today, visit Amazon.com slash sign-on bonus. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. here to kill me if I bring the pictures the evidence gone Yousef, remind us, is he, while he was involved in 9-11, was he one of the pilots? No, well, he was, he was involved in the 93 bombing. Oh, the 93 uh, World Trade Center, okay. Yeah, he was involved in the first one. He's oh. the one that did the first one. But see, he is nephew of Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. Okay. And see, that's what I met him in, 90, in 93, the beginning, it was like in the mid of 90, right after the, that Right, a few days after the terrorist attack, the first one. But I didn't even know. I didn't watch TV. I, I never had TV. So I never watched TV because I never had TV. Like I said, I was raised in the boonies. We didn't have, you know, TV back then. I lived back where the cable 
and 9-11 and everybody reacted. Well, this just blows my mind. I was just going over all this in my head. But this little girl from the backwoods of uh, or, or, or Georgia, did you say, or is it Alabama? Yeah, Georgia. Well, I, w- I went to Georgia until I was 12, and then I went to Alabama, and then I, and then, and then I went to Chicago a little bit, and then I came back home. But this all happened because you went to learn uh, some English at a college. And, yeah. And here you well, are sitting in the... Uh, what happened, what <laughs> happened was I You ever wish you never left the house that day? Oh, yeah. God, I wish I'd... We were fighting over money. My student loan came in. It would have been better if I just gave my mama rent. It was fighting over rent. Right. My mama wanted me to pay rent. Right. And I wanted to buy a car. If I paid her rent with my student loan, I wouldn't have been able to buy a car. And I would have been... And I was like, I'll be trapped there, and I can't... uh -uh, I can't live with mama forever. This is an amazing story. This is amazing. I mean, I believe you. I can hear in your voice, but you're not trying to think of like what to say. You're rattling this off like like it really happened in your life. But it's so amazing. Well, I think that's why they wanted to prove you delusional. Because who the hell would believe this? Because who would believe this if they could say that you were delusional? But it, I mean, this is an amazing story. Start going and reading, and then you go 
that. They don't go and dig deep enough to see who the judge's family is or, or who the sheriff used to work for. Or, or, you know, they don't really go see who these people and their personal businesses are, right? Right. So they just hear this wild-ass story, and they're like, oh, wait, there's no way this could be true. Right. But if you are a judge, like, for instance, I went pro se. I have aphasia, which affects my ability to write, which is part of the reason why I failed English, but a lot of it is I speak like a redneck, talk like a redneck, but I do have aphasia too. Okay, me being so bad, I flunked the university English test. I also flunked the English part of the GED test. The only reason I got the GED test because I got everything right on the math part and everything right on the reason, everything, I, I got everything right on all the other parts, actually everything right. And since they have a rule that if you average so high, you can fail one subject. <laughs> so I was able to get my GED, even though I failed the English. So when I say my English sucked, it really freaking sucked. <laughs> the written part sucked better than the way I talk. So I, with that bad of English, went pro se. I went through the administration part all by myself. And I went through, I was able to get all my fees waived because you can, there's all these, uh, like Rule 17, ask for guardian liable. I asked for my, my uh, to help me tell my story because of my disability um, or a special consideration, which the judge decided he didn't think I needed guardian liable, but he was going to do like taking special consideration of my disability. In other words, go easy on me. Okay, and then I got that, and then I got all the, the fees waived and everything. But I'm supposed to be so crazy and incompetent, right? Right. He was going to listen to me because the stuff that I submitted under seal, because I submitted stuff for public and then I sent in stuff for under seal. Okay. When I was sending pictures of me with Shahid Amesadishi, when I was sending in, uh, and then I was going through and doing the CIA cases, the stuff that the CIA had filed. And I was like, see, they're saying the same thing. I started doing all that. You, he, he knew of him being a judge. He, you know, he went to law school. You know, he took political science. You know, he's probably, in, you know, likes to read political stuff and keeps up with the scandals. Right. Because he's a judge. So when I'm going there talking about all this stuff and dropping these names, he knows who I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Yes. So that's why he didn't dismiss my case. But see, other people, like maybe a regular, you know, social worker, they don't think after 2009 when I started talking about this stuff on the Internet, they probably thought I was crazy. Right. But they never mention it in the court papers. They never talk about, but this is, that's what's so suspicious to me. They never mention any of this in my court papers. Wow. The only doctor that mentions anything is at the end, the two years when I was in the mental institution, right? Yeah. This doctor did not drug me up. And I kept saying, I know you probably, I said, I said, I know you think I'm crazy. And I would say all these things. He says, and I'm going to say all this because I think it needs to be on record. I said, that way, if, if it's a Mitchell effect. Because I don't know if you've ever heard of the Mitchell effect. No. Okay, do you remember the Watergate? Yes. Okay, you remember 
Okay, yeah. Okay. They took, they said she's crazy. They locked, they uh, locked her up and made her put her on drugs and had her diagnosed as, you know, schizophrenic. They said she's crazy. So she was diagnosed delusional and schizophrenic because she was saying, you know, telling what happened in Watergate and everybody was saying she's crazy. It was in her head. But then when it, when it came out and everybody was, you know, people were arrested and Nixon had to resign, she was vindicated. So since then, the psychology teaches, if you take psychology in a, in a university or a college, they will teach you about what they call the Martha effect. When somebody talks about a conspiracy so big that people don't believe it and you're misdiagnosed delusional, but turns out to be true. It's called the Mitchell effect. Okay. He even mentions the Mitchell effect. I'll look over it. This is how I'm not ashamed. I'll look over it and, and mark out all my personal, like my social security numbers mm-hmm. and stuff like that, my address. I'll send it to you. Because even him, this doctor here, the only doctor, not the ones with CPS, they try to make me out to be like crazy as shit. Right. But this doctor, when he's talking about me, he basically says, as I think my memory's good, that I think, you know, understandable. He just says, I have a false belief of a conspiracy. And then he mentions a little bit about it, but he don't get specific. Now, there was, I think maybe, I don't know if uh, this is in the uh, future of what you're saying or if if maybe we should bring it up now because of everything that you've told us over the last couple hours. Um, I believe you, like 100%. Um, another reason I believe you is the way that you pronounce those those Middle Eastern people's names because I couldn't do it unless I was hanging around with these people. So, uh, why? But you did find a doctor um, after Doctor Delper, and you sent me his assessment of you, where he he uh, uh, calls Doctor Delper um, and. Um, um, Yes, incompetent um, and um, unqualified, because like one of the diagnoses like that he gave you wasn't even a real diagnosis. No, he gave it on the wrong axis. See, yeah. when you're being diagnosed, there's five axes. Right. The first one is like mental, it's like a mental disorder. Right. The second one, no, no, the first one is a mental disorder. The second one uh, is intellectual disability. The third one is a physical disability, and then it's like the fourth one is a medical disability, what else, well, something like that, and then the fifth one is how you function. Right. But I do know the second one is supposed to be for mental disorder, like autism, mental retardation, stuff like that. Right. But he put delusional disorder on the second axis, which that proves, like that doctor, that, that lawyer argued, proves that he is... So incompetent, he don't even know where the diagnosis goes on the uh, diagnostic scale. And I saw that document. It is from a lawyer of yours, and it came from your uh, second doctor that said that the first doctor is pretty much full crap, that you're not delusional. the other one, the original Betsy Prince, I got another one. I didn't send that because it's got so much personal information about my son and our personal information. But I'm telling you, um, you you should believe me because you've seen enough. He even goes 
And this is the evidence that you were denied in court to bring exactly. forth. Exactly. Right. And this is another thing that they did. Okay. My mama, you know, me and my mama didn't get along. Right. Okay. One, I didn't get along with my mama. Two, I was told by the court that I couldn't contact my family. That they basically made it, if I contacted any of these people that they said were a delusion, that would make it look like that I would uh, going along with the plan. So they made it very clear I wasn't allowed to contact anybody or try to contact any of my delusions. So I didn't contact none of my family the first the first two years, right? Right. Well, then the, the, the county, my mama had a family finder. Because, you know, people do stupid stuff when they're young. And then when they get older, they start having a change of heart and they realize, you know, you know what I mean? Right now, Amazon is offering some amazing extra perks that come with a job offer. If you start a warehouse job, you can get a $1,000 sign-on bonus. That means you start earning a paycheck right away, plus you get extra cash to use before the holidays. Applying is so easy, you don't even need an interview. It's never been so rewarding to start an hourly job that's close to home. So what are you waiting for? To join the team today, visit Amazon.com slash sign-on bonus. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. We've all made mistakes. Like when you convince yourself you should cut your own hair. Well, you shouldn't. Or when you forget someone's name you've already met. Like three times. At Frost Bank, we can't help you avoid every mistake, but we can help when you overdraft. If you overdraw your checking account by $100 or less, we'll waive the fee based on qualifying conditions. Because, hey, we're all human. It's about being more understanding. It's about more than money. Frost Bank. Learn about qualifying conditions at frostbank.com slash overdraft. Okay. 
they're supposed to do all this stuff, and then they have to come and they have to inspect your home. They inspect the sewage. I know that because my daddy tried to do it. They inspect the sewage. They inspect your everything, the lights, the electric. They inspect everything. And then once they approve you, right, a social worker from the state they're coming from flies them in to the social worker at the uh, where you are and relinquish the custody to them, and then they take Shaker 
she may be in protective custody. I pray she and is. Thing, another thing that was odd that people pointed out, her kids never gave her a, uh, I don't know if they had now, but I know at least eight years ago, it was a good four or five years after, everybody was talking about how her kids had still not gave her a headstone. Right. Now, I know some people were talking about taking up money to get her a headstone, so they may have, you know, people that were talking about taking up money. But that's odd her kids didn't put a headstone. You know what I mean? You would think. I'm sure they had the money to buy her one. You see? But I don't know her relationship with her uh, uh, kids. Well, see, I don't either, but that kind of told me, well, maybe... This is a cliffhanger. <laughs> this is uh, this gives us hope. I mean, I know you're not lying. I know you're not making this up. I know you're not delusional. And well, this, at first I, like I said, at first I thought, oh yeah, I was like, oh hopeful. And then it, then after so many years, so much has happened, I'm like, okay, you think they've been done it by now? But then when I watched that YouTube video, I think it was like day before yesterday. These people were talking about that the military was on this. But why? But why is this something that would be handled by the military? against humanity we lived it and it's that's what I was yelling the whole time crimes against humanity in fact I even called um, down to our um, Capitol building like where I live because they have a um, um, office there for uh, um, um, crimes against humanity and I called them like, let them know what was going on with my kids. And they said, oh, I'm sorry. We don't handle those kinds of uh, crimes against humanity. Well, you know I know that? the military knows about me. Let me tell you why I know. Because I've called the military before, like the DIA, right? Mm -hmm. And I called a number like, I used to have, I felt, this so happened, I felt this book. This is how God, God, I, I don't know if you believe in God, but God oh. is a almighty God. Absolutely. That's the. That's the only reason I'm gonna. Uh, that's the only reason I'm gonna have enough nerve to actually publish this interview, is because I believe God brought me here, and and He's protecting me from this. So I am gonna. That's the one reason I'm gonna go ahead and publish this interview. To be honest with you. They were really supposed to sell it. They probably didn't even know they were supposed to sell it. Right. But I saw 
but you know what I'm trying to say, like the the numbers that ain't supposed to be in public. Right. And it was about as thick as the Bible. And it had every government agency phone number there is. It was a government agency directory. And it didn't look like it was for public. It looked like it was for people on the inside, like, you know, that worked at, like, the top of the top. Like something the president would have sitting in a drawer in the Oval Office or something. Yeah. Right. Back before the Internet. Right. So I take it home. And I was like, you know what? What's the chances of them changing the numbers? They probably just still number. Of course, it was about six or seven, eight years old. But I was like, it's probably got the same numbers. Almost every number I called, it was the same number. Oh, wow. So I would call these people and start telling these people. <laughs> oh, man. Well, when I got to the D, I got the DIA number. Like, it was a, uh, I can't remember, it was some kind of, uh, I called it something. But I know it was like, when you're in the field, like, if you're, I can't remember what they called it. But they called it something. But I could tell by the way, I just knew that that's what it was. And it was. So I called. And uh, I remember the DIA people saying, you're not an asset. Let me repeat, you're not an asset. But we're listening. Wow. So I would call, and they would listen. By what year was After this? That, By what year was oh, this? Was, uh, let me think, let me think. I'm, it was before 2012. It was before the Benghazi deal. So it was, before, it was probably between 2009 and 2011. All right, I was just wondering who the president was. So that was Obama. Yeah, but I would call the military, and I started telling him. Hell, I started using the emails because they were emails listed in some of those book things. Wow. And I know that this was done when you know back when they had dial-up. This book was from when they had dial-up, not when they had all the all the big stuff, the internet, you know, Google and all that. It right. was dial-up stuff, but it had emails too. But it was when they had dial-up. But a lot of the emails were the same too. But I would email them. Oh, I pictures. I, I remember one, the one, the first time I called, they said, "You're." They reassured me, "You're not an asset, but we're listening." That's pretty amazing so coming. That's pretty amazing um, coming from the Obama administration era. We figured they'd have had guys in black suits knocking on your door, not even knocking. Is walking in, turning everything in your home over to find oh, this book. Oh, well, let me tell you this. That just reminds me of something that did happen. This is so weird, weird as crap. I got a, okay, I had a cell phone after I moved to California, and I started uh, calling people and telling people. Well, they, I got a cell phone in my name, and the next day it, it was, it, they turned it off, and when I called, they said something like it had it was that the government had prevented me from having a phone. When I called about it, I was mad because I had just paid fifty five dollars for my, you know, my 
probably are too. And they heard, and you know, they got technology where they know which phone, you know, everything's connected. They knew which phone. Well, we come home and my daddy starts connects the phone, right? Right. They give a 202 phone number. You know, back then they assigned the phone number. Now you can pick which phone number you want. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. But back then, it, they assigned me a 202 number. And it worked. Every other phone that I had since I had went, I had met the Department of Homeland Security, I wouldn't. It was like I wasn't allowed to have a cell phone. I'd pay and it'd be turned off. And when I would call the company, they would basically tell me the government said to turn it off. No, I would take a lie detector test. I swear. Okay. Well, that phone they let stay on, but it came. They gave me a two hundred two number, and two hundred two is Washington D.C. Right. Right. Let me tell you something that was weird. <laughs> that phone worked. Until the day after Snowden left, the day Snowden left for Russia, I mean, no, for China, because he went to China first. The day he left for China, that my my phone cut off, and I wasn't allowed to have another phone again. So, what is your area code now? Just out of curiosity. Well, now, well, this phone's in my son's name, but oh. uh, I I haven't even tried to have a phone because see. This, I'm gonna tell you the truth. Fifty-five dollars is a lot of money to me for me to put something in that don't work. Right. Yeah. It's been cut off for thirty minutes later. You know what I mean? I've had that happen to them many times. I ain't trying to get no phone in my name. I was starting to wonder when I was losing you earlier if <laughs> if there was something going on. Oh, I know. On. I thought it was weird. It might be because I'm sweating so hard because it's hot here. Or maybe they were hooking up a bug or something. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm surprised I got to talk. But you know what? The reason why I decided to start talking, even though I agreed I would never say it and all that to get out of the building, I have in my heart that it's time. Yes, I feel it. And I posted I that. I feel that this time that everything is fixing to go down. And you can look back yeah. in my group that I have posted that at a uh, couple times just recently within the last couple weeks I have like mentioned on my page that uh, that I feel a shift coming and uh, uh, you're right we've all made mistakes like when you convince yourself you should cut your own hair well, you shouldn't or when you forget someone's name you've already met like three times at Frost Bank, we can't help you avoid every mistake, but we can help when you overdraft. If you overdraw your checking account by $100 or less, we'll waive the fee based on qualifying conditions. Because, hey, we're all human. It's about being more understanding. It's about more than money. Frost Bank. Learn about qualifying conditions at frostbank.com overdraft. Hold on. You're a mom and a daughter and a boss and the bill payer baker and everyone's appointment maker. That's a lot. So adding and student might feel daunting. But what if a school could be there for all of you? Career, family, finances, and mental health. Well, it can. National University. Supporting the whole you. Learn more at nu.edu. Something's about to go down. I feel it. I do. That's the reason I'm pushing so hard to do this. That's the reason I'm going to put this out there because people need to hear this stuff. I mean, to be honest with you, when I heard that you were coming on the show, 
It's like, I thought you were just gonna like talk about your CPS case and like what they did to you and your family and I'm sitting here listening to you and uh, there's a couple times I've had to pick my eyeballs up off the floor. I mean, this is just, but it's believable because of the way the country is right now. I believe every single word you're saying, every single word. And see, this proves how we're all connected and everything's connected. And it also proves how dangerous the CPS system is, not just to our kids, but to the, the, the how the world functions. Because see, not just my case. Okay, let's say, let's just go out there and say, let's say a Muslim woman from Saudi Arabia or Pakistan, whatever, don't matter, because right. we're not trying to label, you know, one better than the other. Right. Let's say a Muslim, I say extremist. It don't even have to be Muslim. It could be, uh, okay, anti-American. Any kind of extremist that's planning and plotting a terrorist attack. And this woman were to go to and tell a social worker, right? Yeah. These people think that they don't have to answer nobody. They can process it how they if they want to and just totally overlook these kind of claims and not even call the police, not call the FBI. They just freaking say, want to know how much money they can make off of it with total disregard that this woman's saying that, they're, that her husband's planning and plotting to do something. Right. I mean, boy. I believe I mean, they did it to us. Because it's in my papers. I'll show you. I'll screenshot it where it says, in 2002, it says that I said that I claimed I had inside information on 9 11. Okay. Whether you think I'm crazy or not, ain't it the crazy people that do that kind of stuff? I'm saying. Well, I don't. I don't you think you're crazy mean? at all. If you were crazy, I could hear it, but I don't. You. Well, see, that's what this psychologist says in the, uh, this psychologist, which he was a good doctor. I got a good doctor. And I wouldn't have got it. This is how I got it. I just so haven't had to be sent off to another hospital because, okay, they're doing this processing thing in the criminal case where they're taking people, they deem them incompetent, and it takes two years. There's a, like a, two, a year and a half, almost a two-year waiting list to go to the hospital. So you have to sit in jail for like a year and something. Well, that's against the law because if you're, quote, incompetent, you can't be in jail. Well, me knowing this, me being incompetent, I filed a Hagia Corpus myself without without my guardian at the or without any kind of lawyer or nothing. I filed it from the jail myself. And, and filed it in court that it was illegal to hold me this year and a half that they either had to put me in the hospital and I quoted the, uh, the what do you call it, court cases. Mm -hmm. I quoted the court cases of where the Supreme Court ruled that they had like 15 days put me in a hospital or let me go. Well, they didn't have no, the hospital that was for the South California, they didn't have no bed and so what they did is they jumped me in front of everybody and the next bed that came open is where I went. Just so happened it was in North California, away from Bill Gore's craft. Wow. So when I did that Habia uh, Carey, I mean the Habia Corpus, I'm mixing a Mika's Carey because I did file that in a Chicago case, but anyway, that's a wild one too. But anyway, huh, no 
Delusional belief is this conspiracy? Is that what he's yeah. talking about? Yeah, basically okay. said the conspiracy, and he mentioned a little bit about it. Okay. But he, but everything else, like my my thoughts, my my speech. You know how they always say, well, like when CPS is saying that she's uh, she's t- in a tangent, you right. know, just rambling. Um, her thoughts are not in the right order. You know what right. I'm saying? Um, can we pause right there? Uh, I need a minute. I'm going to put you on hold. And okay. if you can give me just a couple minutes, uh, uh, we'll be right back, okay? Bye. Uh, thank you. And you're back on the air. Go ahead. charge over the case merit thing 
Okay. I didn't. I said uh, a, the the mayor was from Lebanon in Hidalgo, Mexico. Yeah. His name is Omar Payas. So anybody listening that wants to follow up on that. Okay. His name is Omar Payas. And he's the governor of Hidalgo, Mexico. Okay. And anybody that knows anything about the allegations, like the 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 CIA that has came out and other military that alleges a Benghazi cover-up. Yeah. Uh, they went through Lebanon. So, wow. anyway, anybody check this out and start checking out everybody that was on ball, involved in my case in Mexico, uh, Georgia, and California. You're going to see that everybody has motive uh, for this to actually be true. <laughs> so... And I don't doubt you one bit. Right. If 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 I'm delusional and I'm using a stolen identity and I got pictures of me with Shahid Ahmed Siddiqui, then why ain't y'all done got me arrested? You know what I mean for using a stolen identity, finding out what I did with the real Celeste and what I'm up to. Yeah, like I said, I have no doubt, but you're telling the truth because I'm good at reading people. Like, whether it's on the phone or in person or, like, watching them on television. I mean, if you were lying, I would know. There's no doubt about it. And you're telling me the truth. Like, so that's why we're going to keep going on this. And like I said, uh, well, the only... that's why I didn't really mention too much. Because I was like, I didn't want to scare you off. But oh. I was like, maybe there's something in my voice. Maybe because a lot of people who actually listen and pay attention, they always end up helping me because they say there's just something about they just know. You know what? Like when people ask me my story, it's like I'm all over the place. Uh, like all this really happened, you know, but I'm trying to name the most important things first. But then I have to backtrack and I sound crazy because, oh yeah, I forgot this. Like it was important. Uh -huh but I forgot it, you know, and I, my mind's just all over the place, but you, you, like, you can't make this stuff up. You can't. Yeah, you can't. And let me <laughs> tell you another thing that happened, and my son, my youngest son, I validate this, I started writing a book, and I finished it, right? Mm -hmm. And I was going to publish it as The American Delusion. I wasn't going to publish it as truth. I was letting it be known that I'd been declared delusional and schizophrenic and all that, but it was The American Yeah.
Well, yeah, they, start, they made it disappear. So right. I'd have to start over. But the reason I said that is because I think that helped me organize it. Right. Makes sense. Because I have learned from trial and error how to present it. If you present it this way, people think you're crazy. You can tell, I can tell when I when I lose people. You can tell when they think you're crazy. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. plus also, so plus also, um, some people might believe, well, why she has this awful, this is awfully well, like, said. Uh, um, your timelines are in order, like, and they can say, oh, like, this is well rehearsed. Uh, uh, this is all made up and everything, but I'm telling you, but if, uh, because I like to write. I have a great imagination. I like to write and all that stuff. But if I was to try to do this and make all this stuff up, there is no way I would have all the details, like the people's name, uh, pronunciation of their name, and all this, unless I actually knew these people. Like you're this this little girl from like the backwoods of Georgia, like sitting here pronouncing these Middle Eastern people's names. Uh, like you had trouble with English, but like, like you could say their names just as well as they could. Because I live with them. Right. Because I really, actually lived with them. That is so scary. I know. So can you imagine? That's what I said. Could you imagine the the next? I mean, a horrible terrorist attack about to happen, right? Right. And the Muslim. His wife knows about it, but why he's been here, he falls in love with the American, you know, she has compassion, whatever reason, she falls in love with us, the country. Right. She has sympathy for us, so she decides she ain't gonna let it happen. So she tries, let's say, she tells a social worker, maybe they got, you know, a, a case plan, because they're refugees or whatever, and they have a social worker. So they tell the social worker at CPS. And they, and they don't even call the feds, they don't call nobody, they just process it. Right. And they do this to her, and then boom, it, it actually happens. See, now this is after the fact. In my case, thank God it was after the fact, right? It's still bad, because see, we waterboarded this boy. And my papa, there's a video, I'll send you videos of my papa, my papa, well he's a little brutal, and when you hear, when you hear him talk, you're going to understand how backward I'm talking I am. But when he talks about, he even says that I know who I am. And my grandma says that I know where I've been. Right. And my mom even talks about me visiting with these That I sent her in the mail from Houston when I was with them. So what's the chances of me having my whole family going up with this family that ain't even my family? First of all, me to find white people to pretend they're my family and then pretend and say that, yeah, I'd hold up pictures of me from me sending them pictures when I was living with them, me in Muslim dresses and me with them. <laughs> but one other thing what I want people, one other uh, like, uh, point that I want people out there to realize that if you like want to believe maybe that you're making this up, uh, mm -hmm. what are you getting out of it if you are? We're not making any money being on this. I'm not making any money. Uh, like, why, why would I give you five hours? Why would you want five hours to come on this show and just lie? Like, what would you be getting out of that? And risk getting locked back up. Right. 
any sense for you to even do this. There's no reason why you would want to do that. The reason I'm doing it, one, number one reason, number one immediate reason, is Chase Merritt needs to be let go. He needs to be let go for a time he did not do. Number two, we need to realize, especially when you come to my son tomorrow. Right. Now, we can't get into the pharmaceutical part because my son just signed, he just settled, and he just signed a disclosure. So I wish I could get into how 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 the, the pharmacist, pharmaceutical system is. Now I didn't sign the disclosure, but he ain't got the check yet. So right. <laughs> you know what I mean. Right. So we can't talk about which pharmaceutical we settled with, but the pharmaceutical. All I gotta say is Google kickback pharmaceuticals. Okay. Google all the. In, I'm not gonna say a name, but the, Google pharmaceutical companies and kickback. sense that's that's the reason they're getting all these kids drugged up why because they rip them out of their homes why mess with their heads these uh, 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 kids are like terrified mm-hmm. so they drug them up they're guinea pigs yeah. a lot of kids are uh, murdered because of these drugs and I call it murdered why because that's what it is another amazing thing I like to bring up that after everything that your son's been through that he like passes these psychological tests now that that's a strong kid I mean well, this my is daughter's the same way Shut up, and they kicked the cage. He said, shut up, we're done here, and he says, well, 
right? Shit, what else can you do to me that you're not already doing? Wow. But my kids were strong because they, I was insulted. I was told I was no good, and it affected me. So I meant, in the beginning, I had my oldest one till he was 10, and my youngest one till he was 6. So for 6 years of my youngest one and 10 years of my oldest one, I would play rehearsal games with my kids. Yeah. I would pretend like I was the bad guy, insulting them, calling them stupid, retarded, dumb, wet back, all the inappropriate. I mean, I did everything. And I would, and then, and then after I do, I said, "Did that change how intelligent we was? Did that make you stupid? Me calling you stupid?" So I would play games like I would insult them, not really to insult them, but and then I said, "What you gonna say back? What you gonna say back?" See, it Arkansas for a while. What'd you say? Well, so I lived in Arkansas for a couple of years. I know all about it. So, but I was be, so I prepared my kids for people to insult them and, and attack them. I prepared them. I taught my kids self-defense. You know, I put my kids in karate when I had them. I prepared my kids for the world because I had experienced the worst of the worst. Can you imagine being poisoned with organophosphate? No. And I'll I... tell you that in the doctors. And the doctors even think I was, they said, because this is what happened. When I float, I was flown in, and they did a spinal tap on me, and it was inconsistent. The protein is consistent with material Guillain-Barre syndrome. So then they asked me, could I have been poisoned? And then I was took out AMA. So I never got any further testing. 
and the and the damage that I have is inconsistent with bacterial Guillain-Barre. And when I told the doctors that, they said, "Yep." And with the damage I have, even on my disability, even the state of Texas, their doctors that examined me, yeah. and you know, the disability doctors try to say you're more able than you are. They even say I'm too disabled to do a stand-up job or a physical job. That I'd have to do a sit-down job because of damage from suspected organophosphate. So even they suspect because of my damage is consistent with somebody being poisoned with organophosphate, and that's a nerve toxin. Can you imagine? DCPS people totally overlook that and just lied, 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 lied. They yeah, I believe it. you can prove you are. from where you and say you I are. Spanish, and when I speak Spanish, you can tell. And my Mexican papers say that I was born here yeah. and that I am the American that I claim to be. Right. My Mexican birth certificate has me born in Griffin, Georgia in 1974 to Vicky Bonds. Okay. So it ain't like Mexico is, you know, even my Mexican papers say that I was born in the United States. Right. Only reason I have dual citizenship because under dual citizenship, if your kids are Mexican, your husband's Mexican, your mama Mexican, or your grandma parents are Mexican. Only one of those four in your family has to be Mexican for you to be Mexican. Right. See, a lot of people don't realize Mexican is not a race. Mexican is a citizenship. Oh. So, yeah, I became Mexican after the fact because I knew that I was going to need it right. to protect me. Because, see, with the Cuba boys, if you look up the, the Haken boys when they ran to Cuba, if you watch all them news channels, it says... Had they had a connection to Cuba, it would be totally different. They wouldn't have been able to return them. Right. That's 
these cages. And for anybody who don't believe me, and they think I'm crazy, okay, let's play devil's advocate. Let's say I am delusional, and all this is in my head. Wouldn't it have been better for him to be with me who thought that I lived, you know, just thought I was American and thought that I lived with these people? I would have never put him in a cage. Yeah. I would have never drugged him up to his thyroid uh, died and his liver started failing him. Well, it still would have been better with me. So even if I am delusional, there's still a story here. Yeah. I should have got real treatment, not no deprogramming. So what is that guy doing nowadays? Have you even heard? Do you care? I mean, I don't know. I've googled a few times. I ain't seen no obituary. I can't I find much son, anything. On him. His son created this uh, something game. I can't remember. I'll get it and give it to you. Where he goes around and teaches people how to brainwash people into find their product, and he brags about his daddy being a deprogrammer, and he used them techniques those techniques on the people you're soliciting. No doodos. He sells a seminar. You pay, people pay to go to his seminar and he teaches you how to use his daddy's deprogramming or what he knows, well, his skills about brainwashing people into buying your stuff. So that that's legal? Well, nowadays it probably is, but normally it shouldn't be, I would think. <laughs> well, it, I don't know. The way he presents it is, what do you call it? Um, what do you call them people that teach you their sales techniques? They call it something. There's words for it, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, they teach, you have seminars that teaches you how to sell product. Wow. And he, he brags about his daddy being a deprogrammer, the oh. famous cult deprogrammer. Because in the 70s, he was all over, uh, what's that, uh, what was that, what was his name, uh, at the D, or the big Showtime person, who was a white dude with white hair, what was his name, uh, at the uh. big talk show. It was a competition with, uh, Oprah. I don't even know. He did, he did a lot of the KKK meetings, too, the KKK members, what was his name? I don't know. I can't remember, but he went on his show. He went on a lot of shows. He did a lot of interviews. Of course, a lot of them are gone. But because his friend got arrested. You mean, I still have, there's still a few up there. Like when I showed you, that's gone, but I got it. You know, the one that I emailed you? Yeah. It's been pulled off the internet, but I, I got it. Do you mean Merv Griffin? Was that who you're talking about? Who? Uh, uh, Merv Griffin? The talk show host? <laughs> Maybe Murray Griffin. No, no, that's no. the one that talked about uh, the, ain't got, ain't got the, the daddies, you know, the ancient daddies. Oh, 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 Maury, po Maury Povich. No, 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 not that one. I think maybe, I don't know. I thought that was the one you were saying. Uh, no, Maury, there was Merv Griffin and there was Maury Povich. I, like, Maury Povich does the who's your daddy thing. Yeah, not that one. Even Jerry Springer. Jerry no, Springer? No, Jerry Springer. <laughs> that's where I need to go. Right, that's what I was thinking. Because this is about as he's so full of crap, he got it on the right axis, you know what I mean? Right, that's, that's where we are. That's where I need to go to Jerry Springer show. And that reminds me, my social worker, Nikki Brown, I mean, no offense against people with tattoos, but these were 
The caseworker? The caseworker. Wow. And then I got pictures off her Facebook with her drinking. Oh, drinking at bars and all that stuff. Oh, I want to tell you this story. When uh, after Clinton personally signed for our emergency evacuation for him to go to a hospital in Atlanta but then was kicked out and took back to California, after they uh, did that, the FBI showed up and started interviewing my son and everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And that scared them because they took them to this place. When they intake you, they take you to police San Diego. It's like the intake place. And then they place you wherever they're going to place you. Okay. Well, so when they took him off the airplane, they took him into Pelosi. Uh, nobody <laughs> wanted to place him because the FBI was asking questions about his... Uh, about him leaving, who helped him, and also about his uh, extradition. And they were scared because they didn't know why they were investigating it, what angle. So they said, and this dude come out, he had, he had like skinhead tattoos. <laughs> and he, well, my son's mixed, but he was racist. I'm not saying everybody's racist, but some people are racist. Right. And he took him out to the car, he showed him a gun. Now, these are the kind of people they got working there. Took him out, showed him a gun, and then when after the FBI showed up, they couldn't find nowhere to place him. So he says, you know what? He says, you he says, you and your mama, he says, y'all causing all kinds of stuff. He says, now we can't even find nowhere to place you. He says, you wait, I'm going to find somewhere for you to go. And he attacked my son. Wow. Well, my son had had enough. So my son, he'll, he'll tell you tomorrow if you ask him back. He whooped his butt, but after he was attacked. Right. Well, they charged him with five felonies, right? Your son? Yes. Wow. But this is where the messed up. The guy that attacked him, when the police, when they called the police, he didn't give his real name. He gave the name of a guy. We've all made mistakes. Like when you convince yourself you should cut your own hair. Um, you shouldn't. Or when you forget someone's name you've already met, like three times. At Frost Bank, we can't help you avoid every mistake, but we can help when you overdraft. If you overdraw your checking account by $100 or less, we'll waive the fee based on qualifying conditions. Because, hey, we're all human. It's about being more understanding. It's about more than money. Frost Bank. Learn about qualifying conditions at frostbank.com overdraft. Whether it's Kroger Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Kroger has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Well, they messed up. They let him call on me. They didn't realize that he wouldn't let 
Indians, whatever you want to call them, that look like the Indian scrolls. <laughs> he had a film of him putting it on, having him do all kinds of stuff. And then he had a video of a foster kid that he had took to a gay bar. Wow. So I rip it, right? I rip it. <laughs> I did something I wasn't supposed to do. Now, I did do this. I ain't never threatened nobody, but I did do this. I went to the bar, uh, California bar, Yeah. and I got the personal email of the judge on my son's case, mm-hmm. and I emailed him the State Department, I emailed him everything, and told him everything about him being in Mexico, he didn't have about jurisdiction, because there's jurisdiction laws, six months, uh, all the papers from, uh, from the DEF in Mexico, where they gave me custody, and pictures of his back, I, get, I, I just gave him an earful. And then I said, as far as this guy that attacked him, I said, look what I got on him. And I emailed it directly to the damn judge. My son said, when they went to court, the judge was saying, no, he's he's not. He's juvenile. He's uh, a dependent. This is a dependent case. They dropped all charges and pushed him back to dependent. Imagine that. And as he was leaving... When they were taking him back to the group home, which they didn't really want him, he said, you're going to be back Friday. He was like, what? Like they had a plan. I'd be doggone. Friday, they didn't attack him, and they kicked him with Silco boots, bloodied his nose, and then called the law on him. Well, he ran. He ended, well, he had to go to the hospital. What happened was he went to the hospital, and because he had a, a certain blood type, he, he's a negative, RH negative. Oh, that's no, I forgot found you then he found you is that what happened
He says, we're going to get him home. He got and asylum. the only reason I got him to go home was because I didn't have enough money to come be with him and put him up. But after two months, I recuperated a little bit, uh, enough that I got enough to get to the border. And what we did is we went to the refugee. And this is where it gets wild. I forgot about this part. You remember that refugee place where all them people were kidnapped and they found their dead and they like 50, they killed about 50 refugees from a shelter? Yeah, uh, just a few years ago, they found all those graves. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> like two weeks after that, I went to that shelter. <laughs> it's better than CPS. <laughs> right. They probably treated the people better there, too. <laughs> yeah, it was the Seventh Adventist pastors. Wow. They, did, they didn't cook. Uh, it was so poor, they would, they would only halfway cook the beans and halfway cook the rice, you know, because. They just couldn't get enough to eat because yeah. it saved gas because there were so many refugees there. But, yeah, we lived in a refugee camp until I could get enough money to uh, rent him a place. Wow. I mean, we lived like third world country poor, but it was better than Mexico. My son will tell you tomorrow, he would rather live in poor, like dirt floors, no running water, heat more. We heat water up and took a bath like in a, you know, cowboy bath. Right. I Yeah, this stuff I mean, needs to get out there. People need to know this. this. Yeah, I I need to write my book, rewrite my book, but I also need to write it with somebody that's a better teller so we can do, I can, like, I focus on the main part, but there's stuff that I need to focus on, like, like when I was in a group home, like all the stuff that happened when I was in a group home, too. People need to know how bad it is for the adults in the group homes, too. Absolutely. I was looking on Facebook. Uh, people keep posting. There's groups on Facebook uh, soliciting eight-year-old girls and nine-year-old, ten-year-old girls. They got them all uh, prettied up in dresses and makeup. And uh, these girls are um, uh, going along with it. I mean, I'm sure they don't have a choice. Why? But right on Facebook, they're selling girls are pimping them out and it's like like facebook uh they allow that why but if you mention president trump they wipe you clean you're done well i don't know if you'll believe this but i believe at least 80 to 85 percent of the demoralization of our last the last two generations right from the 80s Especially from 1996, because that's when uh, Clinton passed that Safe and Family Children Act. Yeah. Especially since then. That's when the pharmaceutical part 
No, I know they're not. We weren't abusing our kids. And I know a lot of other people. I just helped somebody last night. I won't say where or who. Uh, but I helped her find a loophole that, uh, like, uh, there's a good possibility she might get her children back. Well, that's good. Well, that's what I'm here for. And uh, yeah. I don't want anything okay. from anybody. The only thing I want from these people, um, if I'm able to help uh, reunite them with their kids, I want a family picture. That's all I want. Like, so I can... Well, see, there's a lot of cases that where there's people that don't have issues that were in my family. Because, see, I can't say I was literally white twin as right. far because of my husband All right. and my back, because what I got in with my boyfriend and my husband, right? And one could argue, well, yeah, you know, I, I honestly think that when every secret shall be known, the purity that I was when I... Not now, because I ain't pure now. I, I'm full of because of what all that's been done to me, right? Well, right. But, but if my story is true, which I know it is, for Kali Sheikh Muhammad to receive me, to, to make me a Sunni Muslim, that always tells people that if that's true, if it is true, which I know it's true, how pure I was. Because you know how they are about their women, right? Right. Okay. think they did that because they like, saw you as vulnerable like, so there was nothing that you could do like they could do to you guys whatever they wanted to like whisk your kids away drug them up like use them as lab rats like because you were vulnerable and like nobody would believe you because they they labeled you as uh, delusional so like they just saw you as vulnerable and they could do whatever they wanted to you Mm-hmm. You know how much funding is for people with diagnosis like autism? Yeah, a lot. A lot. So that's why I said I don't think everybody was involved in the big conspiracy. It's like it's like two and three different conspiracies that overlap each other. You understand what right, I'm saying? Yeah. Like Bill Gore, 
Richards of Planned Parenthood. Right. So, I can't get a lot, but I can tell you this. Clinton emails, Benghazi, Planned Parenthood videos, the McStay murder, Boston Furious, Cassandra, and the Saudi Arabia cover-up, and CPS, crap, is all connected. I don't doubt it one bit. I don't. And this case connects to how it shows ever. Because what happened is an info war started. And it just created a domino. Like, every time I try to prove I was crazy, they do a, they do a cover-up. And then I try, and then it, I got to the point where I learned, you, I can't be trying to prove I'm not crazy the way I tried. I tried two ways. I gave a cell phone, and that triggered a lot of bombings. I did a, a DVD, and that triggered Benghazi. After those two things, is when I stopped because I fixed the way I was doing it was not was not good results. And then like and and like I learned when I called Bill Gore up and said, Hey, I, we're gonna show up at the solid side. I got the McStay's killed. So those three things kind of make me stop. And then I started then I started thinking filing tort to file tort to take it to a federal judge because the way I was doing it was causing a whole bunch of things that just triggered a whole bunch of stuff in our country. And I know you probably, you may not believe me. So why? Hopefully you do. And hopefully America realize I'm telling the truth. Or, you know, I don't even expect for that. I just hope that people entertain the fact that it could be true and that people advocate for an investigation to see if it is true. Right. And if they don't, they could also argue, well, if I ain't the American I claim to be, right, then who am I? And if I got these pictures of me with Shahid Ahmed Siddiqui, which I'll send you a picture, if you could put it out there, argue for the investigation. Whether you think I need an investigation, this is what, it needs to go viral. And it don't matter if you're on the left or the right, either. Either way, there needs to be an investigation. Because if, I am really delusional, like these experts say, right? that I'm delusional about being born in the United States, raised by non-Hispanics, and all that, then why am I allowed to run the streets using a stolen identity and getting all these benefits, especially with a picture of me with Khalid Muhammad? So why... Man, why, why... Why are you... I'm not doubting you. I'm just asking this because I'm sure a lot of people out there are going to want to know these questions too. Why, what makes you the one in the center of all this? Why? Why do you? Why? Why did you set off Benghazi? Why did you? Why all them other things? Why? What makes okay, you the how center? How did it happen? How did it happen? Okay. When I when I took the DVD to the State Department, but it ended up with Hillary Clinton, right? Okay. Okay. Yes. This is what you got to understand is where I was mentally. That's why I was trying to tell the story. I tried the best I could to tell you where I was in the story, where I was mentally. Like, I didn't know, I didn't realize who these people were. I mean, I knew who they were because right. I lived with them. Right. But I didn't realize who they were to the FBI and what they had, that their participation in, you know, the crimes that they had participated in. You understand what I'm saying? Oh. And then I went to the militia, and then I, and when I was saying these names, they were like, you don't know who you, I was like, no. They said, and then they started showing me FBI, you know how you go 
So why did the DVDs that you had that ended up with Hillary Clinton uh, uh, set off Benghazi? Like, what was... Okay, because my husband was smuggling trucks and the people around him were smuggling the guns to Al-Qaeda and and other, uh, uh, what do you call it? They call them rebels, the fighters. At one time it was Al-Qaeda and then then they went to the Syria, the Libya. You know, when they were... When Obama was overthrowing those countries for whatever reason, right. you know, there's allegations, but whatever, they were arming them people after Congress said no. Okay. So when they said no, right? Right. They had to go get other people to do it, where their hands ain't dirty. Okay. Like, so that- you gotta follow. Okay. Do you remember the uh, Tory something Tory? You remember him? Because they tried to get him for us. Uh, uh, his part in the gun running. Right. But then when he started he started uh, pulling out stuff, they dropped the charges because it was he started uh, he was alleging what I'm alleging that right. they were using underhanded people after the Obama and them was involved in it, and that he did it for them. But they were using underhanded people because it had not been approved by Congress. So that they went twice. That's what was in the trucks outside your husband's house was drugs and guns that I asked you about earlier? Yeah, the, okay. trucks, the trucks were were sent, the trucks went through uh, Guatemala and then they went to Forest. Wow. And then they did inner dealers. Now, I'm not going to get specific because I don't want to be knocked off, but right, I'm right. going to say enough because people want to know because they, you got to remember, remember when El Chapo was arrested? Yes. I don't remember. No, I don't know what his argument is. Anyway, he alleged that they were blackmailed to do stuff. And a part of the reward of them doing it was they got away with stuff. And that's why they were saying that they had an estoppel, that they shouldn't be arrested because they had an estoppel. Oh. Wow. And it wasn't just El Chapo. You just wouldn't believe. There's so much corruption. That I believe. This is how I look at it. And this is how I look at it. At a certain extent, this is what I have realized. Because at first, people with autism were like, follow the law, follow the law. Like I said, I have never drank a beer, never smoked a cigarette. Because in my mind, if you smoke one, then you're bad. But I'm not that way anymore. Believe me, I've changed. I've seen the light. Even autism people can learn. (laughs) Right. But, okay, everything was black and white. I've learned a little bit of the gray. I'm not still as good as other people in the gray area. But I'm starting to learn. Sometimes you have to break laws for the greater good. You really do. I agree with that. And sometimes sometimes you have to lie, a white lie. Like the first lie, the CPS, I've told a few lies. I've had to. You know what I mean? Like especially when I was in there acting crazy and to get out of jail, I had to lie a lot. My lawyer said I had to, or I was never going to get out. I was going to go to jail for the rest of my life. So, I, so autism people can lie. We just have a problem with it. We have to justify in our mind, and then we can lie. But if it goes against our morals, it's hard for us to do anything if we don't justify it in our mind because we're really obsessed with right and wrong. But being through this, I see things differently than I used to. Everything was really black and white. Now I can see 
great. If we need to do things for the greater good, I'm okay with that. Right. But what they should have done is they should have sat me down and told me, look, you don't need to be telling people this stuff because it's for the greater good. That's what they should have done and let me leave my husband and live by myself. If they would have done that, this would have never happened. But see, what happened is they deprogrammed me and that got me thinking outside the box. Yeah, why are these people doing this? Then, when I went to the militia and started telling them my story, and I was telling them my story because I figured they'd get mad at this point. Because if you look at my papers, my my husband got reunification. Oh. He's wanted, he's wanted for child rape. Jeez. He's a fugitive for child rape out of Florida. He gets a court-appointed attorney, visitations, and a reunification plan. And I was found, not, I didn't have, I had to have supervised visitations, and then they terminated the visitations, and I was non-reunicatable from the start. I've heard a lot of that happening nowadays, that like sex offenders end up with foster children. That's going on even uh, now. So what I figured, if I went and told the militia that this illegal, and I have the papers where the FBI confirmed he was a smuggler, and that he's wanted for child rape, I figured if I went to the militia, this is what I thought, the enemy of my enemies were my friends. But then I learned militia ain't prejudiced. A lot of militia has black. Well, if you're fighting for a cause, you can't do it separately. That's what I've learned. So, they're not racist like they say they are. I mean, there's probably some out there that are racist. You know, I ain't going to say they ain't. Right. But the majority of them aren't racist. They are not anti-government. They are anti-corrupt government. They are anti-trafficking our children. They are anti-pharmaceutical fraud. They are anti-Obamacare, not Obamacare, Obamacare fraud. They're anti stealing, stealing, you know, well, I ain't gonna say that, but I almost said it. They're anti corrupt government. Good. They're pro constitution. So, when I went to the militia, I had an eye opening experience, okay? They're not just against immigrants. But when I went there, I thought they were against immigrants, and I was gonna give something, you know, to stir the thing, because any enemy of my enemy. So I figured if I showed them where a smuggler that's wanted for rape is getting free attorneys, reunification and visitations with a kid, that they might raise enough steam to get some attention. Right. But it didn't work out that way. I ended up getting educated and learning the question that I started asking myself. Why would they be trying to convince me I ain't the American that I know I am? When she told me I had to prove it, she totally pissed me off. I mean, I was already in the uh, because of the deprogramming, because psychological torture changes you. It makes you 
Exactly. Even that's who, that's what we thought that too. was founded on and there is just something when like when you can buy an election we know there's something going on and when uh, uh, like Hillary Clinton like with everything she's done and they're proving it more and more and more every day and she's still out walking around and there's uh, when the Justice Department uh, has to be under investigation by the Justice Department and Congress it's just it's just like something's wrong when the Justice Department like, has to go under investigation. That's the big clincher right there. The FBI, uh, like, like making false dossiers, like under um, orders of Hillary Clinton. And nobody does anything about this stuff. You know somebody's washing somebody's back. Right, you're delusional, remember?
Trump's lawyer, and he is the one uh, who's filing lawsuits against, like, all- We've all made mistakes. Like when you convince yourself you should cut your own hair. Um, you shouldn't. Or when you forget someone's name you've already met, like three times. At Frost Bank, we can't help you avoid every mistake, but we can help when you overdraft. If you overdraw your checking account by $100 or less, we'll waive the fee based on qualifying conditions. Because, hey, we're all human. It's about being more understanding. It's about more than money. Frost Bank. Learn about qualifying conditions at frostbank.com overdraft. This holiday, whether you're making a Kroger Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Kroger has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. All these people uh, um, um, against the Democrats for the um, uh, January 6th raid on the Capitol building, and he's like uncovering like, all these conspiracies, and he's like filing lawsuits. Like, he's a big time, it's like all the politicians, uh, um, like, well, all the dirty ones, uh, they, like, fear this guy. Well, that's great, not just me, you know, the, uh, the Saudi Arabia lawsuit was from the family, the 911? Yeah. You see what what they, what they discovered last month? I heard about it, but I don't remember what was said. Oh, 
where the sheriff where the sheriff is from. Where the sheriff was the director and over the CI that paid that helped them get an apartment and paid their rent. They yeah. got an increase in a text from Saudi Arabia when they arrived. All that was discovered in the discovery and we're just in the discovery phase of that of that case. See, that's what I tell tell told to uh, Chase Merritt because I'm writing him in prison. That case, if they keep finding more discovery, they gonna prove me right and you right. So follow that that family case against Saudi Arabia because they finding more and more proof of this cover up in San Diego. Wow. And see, it connects because see, when I lived with them in San Diego, uh, uh, Alabama, before we moved to Houston, we went on some trips. I remember going to the American, uh, we met Patrick Stevens in the American, Atlanta Underground. I went to Sarasota, Florida. If you know anything about the suburb, that's a big deal, Sarasota. Okay. And then we met people in Los, uh, uh, New Orleans, and then we went to Houston. And then after the meeting with those five Saudi Arabians, we moved to Houston. So you well, gotta remember that's where Afia Siddiqui's family was. So when this and guy married to the Muhammad Khan, and Afia Siddiqui was married to one of the Muhammad Khan brothers, and I lived with two of the Muhammad Khan brothers with Siddiqui because they were roommates, and they're the ones that helped hide Yusuf and got him out of the country after the first part. So what was going through your mind when you were traveling all over like, with these uh, Saudi Arabians? I mean, you didn't, like nothing occurred to you that anything was going to go down? I, I mean, was, well see, I never was what you call delusional, like I can see where you're coming from. I can see where you're coming from. So, 
circumstances to me it's inappropriate but I have realized some people they don't I mean that's just the way they're raised they're not really racist but they say things and with people with autism you take everything literally anyway you know what I mean right and when you're with inappropriate people that say inappropriate things like your mom saying you ain't no good blah, 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 you know you it could affect you as a child but it would affect somebody with autism even more because people with autism it took me forever you don't you have to try to decode what people really mean and it, sometimes people say things when they're mad it took me a long time to learn that right. I, when somebody said something I took it as gold so I just and too something just crossed my mind like when they talked about having more than one wife what I thought. Well, if they're really raised like they claim, like they told me to love and, you know, honor God and be, not be jealous and love each other, I would, if, hey, that was just more, more people, more family. I was so desperate to be loved. I thought that was just more family, more people to love me and me love them. to this day. If people could just hold hands and sing and kumbaya, it'd be wonderful. But see, I'm old enough to know that that don't happen. No. <laughs> and it ain't because Americans ain't taught the right, you know, they told me in this, that they don't know, they wouldn't talk the right about God and this and that. <laughs> you know, it's more deeper than that. Right. We are it's almost like they propaganda us to be bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. They that's, want us to fail. The system sets us up to fail. It's the it media. The media. designed or it works its way out that way. Right. Like CPS is designed to destroy families. Whether it was intentionally set up that way or not. But I kind of believe it was. Because there's money in it. Well, there's a lot of money in it. There's money in the destroying, and then money in trying to rebuild them. But you never really rebuild them. Because drugs don't rebuild you. Nope. Like I was saying in the beginning of the story, when I wanted to get my son help, I wanted my son counseling, therapy, you know, build his self-esteem, help him do logical thinking skills. Just because somebody says you're stupid don't mean you're stupid. Right. Just because somebody insults you, you know, build his self-esteem and, and help him use logical thinking skills. Something that nobody ever taught me. Yeah, there's because not a whole... That, they want to dr- give you drugs that destroy your liver, your thyroid, make titties grow on you. There's not I mean, a lot of building your children up nowadays because I'll be honest with you, if uh, people did... Uh, what you did to your kids, I ain't saying you were wrong. I have no opinion on it. Why would that would open a definite like CPS case nowadays if you uh, um, called your kids all those names, building them up. Well, but but they would totally say, oh, well, she can't oh, do that. Oh yeah, turning into something it wouldn't. Like I really meant it, and right. they didn't know that I was really insulting them. You know. Right. But no, my kids knew. They 
Well, you, know, how do, you know, how do you react? Well, they're kind of lucky that you did that after everything they went through. That probably saved their life. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I understand what you say. Oh, hell, they could turn around and make it look, say that I was actually insulting. You know what I right. mean? Right. Yeah, mentally down. abusing, yeah. When they're the ones actually doing the abusing. They can do it. They can, well, I'm going to say something. It's just like, our laws messed up. I probably shouldn't say this because I shouldn't be political, but I'm going to. But it's not that I'm saying I'm for or against it. But whether you're for abortion or against abortion, you you got to admit this is messed up. If I abort my child, it's not murder. But if I'm walking down the street and you attack me and you kill the child in the same month, then they get you for fetal sign. Right. So it's like it depends on who does it. Right. But it's not just that way with abortion. It's that way with CPS. Absolutely. If they rape them, it's okay. Well, that's one of the things. That's one of the things I want to change. Because there's an awful lot of uh, uh, careless placement uh, with these children, and uh, like I honestly believe, and I've already mentioned this a couple times um, in the past, uh, 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 that the caseworkers need to be held accountable when it, uh, like one of their foster kids is murdered or. Uh, 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 beaten and abused they should lock the caseworker up right along with the person that does it but I bet you if that happened um, a lot less kids would be killed and beaten and all this other stuff because the caseworkers would actually show up at the home when they're supposed to and uh, make sure everything was good because it would be uh, uh, her ass on the line too if anything happened to that kid Yep, and I also think that if, if, if a child is really abused, they say they're abused, neglected, whatever, it's a crime. It's a crime to abuse and neglect a child. Absolutely. So if they are neglected or abused, then the parent needs to be charged. Right. And the child needs to have just the same right as you and me if we're a victim of a crime. If I, as an adult, if I'm raped, you don't take me and detain me and put me in a diagnostic center or, you know, these little mental hospital group homey thingies. Right. You don't take me and put me in one of those and drive me up for post-traumatic stress disorder and all that kind of stuff. Right. You take the person who raped me and you put them, you take them to court, let them have a fire trial, and if they're convicted, you take them and put them in jail. Right. You don't take me and not let me talk to my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, and my all, all that. Right. So why do we do that again? But they're punishing these kids uh, just as bad. Uh, what I've noticed is that they would punish my kids. I My kids were beaten. I My daughter had brain surgery. She almost died at the age of four. She had a brain hemorrhage. Uh, oh, my goodness. From them beating her? No. Uh, 
a uh, birth defect. We didn't even know she had it. it was one day okay. she had a brain hemorrhage and almost died. A uh, um, couple months after that, uh, they removed her from the home. I put her in a uh, a, uh, uh, a foster home. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, where they beat her, uh, 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 tortured my son. I, he was one year old. He's and uh, uh, we filed a complaint through the uh, uh, hotline, the abuse hotline, and there was an investigation. But they sent the same caseworker, but like placed them in the abusive foster home. Uh, my he investigated it. My we had pictures. We had everything. Uh, what the outcome of the investigation was uh, need more information so they swept it under the rug um, and there was no report no police report which is mandated by law so like a uh, month and a half later um, uh, that's when I began collecting photos when I walked into the uh, uh, police station and I Put the photos on the counter, and I said, "Now you're gonna do something about this shit." And uh, that day, uh, they made a police report. That afternoon, the police chief met uh, with the county attorney, and within the week, my kids were moved out of that home. There were no charges filed against the people that did this to my kids. No charges wow. till this. No charges till this day. Nothing done to them. Uh, not only that, what the county attorney did, uh, uh, when the judge asked him, uh, was there an investigation back in May? He said, yes, Your Honor. Uh, Mike and the judge held up a pile of papers, and he said, uh, why, why isn't that police report in my papers? You know what, what the county attorney said to him? Like he's, uh, when they said, I don't know, Your Honor. Mike, and then he asked him again. Uh, Mike, and they answered with the same answer. I don't know, Your Honor. Uh, uh, but then, like what the county attorney did, uh, 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 took my police report with my photographs that I made around the end of June, beginning of July, and he wrote on the police report, but this uh, was the police report like from the investigation back in May. So that's a false report by the county attorney lying to the judge by which he never did give the judge that report because he wasn't going to walk into court purging himself. But since I was working pro se, uh, uh, when I... Um, um, mailed him in his email uh, where's the report that's what he sent to me like he gave the evidence right to me it's in my position right now like, and there's a big lawsuit coming against that county because they never charged uh, the foster parents with nothing they left them alone uh, when they lied in court filed false reports because they didn't file that report back in May uh when that left my kids in that abusive foster home another two months, like where they were beaten and they were constantly beaten all the time. 
It just makes me my sick. One, my youngest one and oldest one were sexually abused a lot. But it was in that group and home where they kept them in the cages? Yep. And at the end, well, you do what you got to do to get a chance to escape. He can share what he wants to share with you, but it's, it's right. I can say this. Every time I call to report, you call the police. The police says they don't take reports. Only CPS does, a child abuse. Then you call the CPS hotline, and they say they can't take abuse against uh, a group home or foster care, foster parents, or people who are part of their system. They only take reports against the public. So in other words, here's these kids, do whatever you want to them. Like, we don't care. You're safe. Don't worry yeah. about us coming after you. Yeah, well, I got news for them. Because that shit ain't going to work for much longer. Well, they are not too bright. Uh, we got we got a lawyer that's suing. But uh, this, we haven't signed a disclosure. But uh, one of the cases, uh, cases, I sent my kids, you know those little games? I don't know which, I think it was one of the, it was one of the top games back in 2010. The little handheld games. Yeah. Nintendo DS or PSP no, or something. It was PSP. That's one of those. The right. PlayStation ones. The right. top of the line. Straight from Walmart. You know how you order it online and have it delivered? Yeah. Okay, so straight from Walmart. Had it delivered. He got it. Now, he ain't allowed to go to school. He's there 24-7 in complete lockdown. Like lockdown inside of lockdown. And most of the time in a cage inside right. the lockdown of the lockdown. Right. But when he does have the PSP, right, which is very few because he ain't out much, because he didn't participate with their crap most of the time until right. the end when he learned he had to to get a chance to escape. But they said he had porn on his PS thing, right? Is that even possible? If there's no internet there. Right. He don't go to school, he don't leave, and he's locked down, locked down. And it came straight from Walmart. Who gave him that form? Exactly. So that is going to be brought up in this lawsuit. Okay, one of the things they tried to say, they uh, when I, they retaliate, trying to say that my kid was, what it was, was uh, I got that non-suit of its entirety thing, and I turned it to my social workers. So they started saying, well, that ain't the only reason we had them. Your kids had behavior problems. Because when I said, you know, I started showing them that the witch didn't have no license. Yeah. That diagnosed me and that the dude was incompetent. The other one, that Dr. Galbraith was incompetent. And that Texas paper said nonsense of its entirety. So that means all that about me kidnapping and had lost custody was all a lie. So I turned it into the social worker. Because the judge wouldn't take it. So I emailed it to the social worker, which I got all the emails to prove it. Then she started saying, well, well, your kid has behavior problems, too. Tony has autism, severe autism, and, Tony, and Paco, he, he, he's got behavior problems. So they said that he had women's underwear in his drawer. Where'd he get them? <laughs> that was really stupid. So I thought the law called it, make a report, but I did call, and I know it's recorded. 
and I get drama about it. I said, oh, I don't know what they're doing. But I didn't know how bad they were sexually abusing them at the time. Because if I'd have known that, I would, it would have been real. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So what's but I the... thought they were just, you know, just framing him, which they were, because they said, oh, he's got behavior problems. That's why we need to keep him now. So I was like, well, if he's in a lockdown facility and it's only males in his unit, behind these cages was this a my known thing that they were allowed to do this or Especially when you aren't fully developed yet. When your yeah, body's because from 13 to 15, that's when you're growing. You know what I mean? Right. And that's when he that's, was in there. That's when yeah, he grew the farm. I saw the pictures and the x-rays you sent me. So. Yeah, I got the, I got the actual diagnosis. I can send it to you where it says that it's acquired. They did all kinds of gene testing. Oh, oh that reminds me. When he went to the liver place, okay, they were going to put him on a, a liver transplant, but I ended up finding a natural cure. You ain't going to believe it. Coconut oil. Organic coconut oil. Anyway, when, before I felt that, I tried everything, and that worked. I went to alternative stuff. 
FBI wanting them for? They was wanting blood work done. Oh. But see, she wasn't supposed to tell them. Mm. But I've run into a lot of rebel people, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, like uh, I don't know who it was, but one day uh, my daddy went out to his truck at 3 o'clock in the morning to go work. Mm-hmm. And he opened his front door, and there was over 3,000 leaked confidential papers from my court case. And if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have been able to sue who we sued that just, you know, settled for disclosure. I wouldn't have been able to sue them. So somebody just... Somebody just helped you out and dumped. I have no idea who wow. gave me those papers. Wow. Well. That's why I got all that about the deprogramming, my guardian license. Right. All, all the uh the what the court you know, what they're saying. All that stuff I got is because somebody leaked it to me. When did this happen? Right around the time uh, Senator Schaefer disappeared. Be good. 
Yep, that's it. The only teamwork is their team. Right. You need to have a a a guy said that this I have a CPS house, a CPS shelter for women and children and men and children. Right. Where Please. if they just need if they just need extra help, you know, a home, a home housing or something, bring them there. I mean, if you're there and you're there 24 hours like it is in the casa de you gonna see what they're doing. Yep. And if they're a threat, if they're doing anything that's threatening, then you throw their butts out. But if they ain't doing nothing, then why can't you be? I mean, you're sitting there watching them. I agree and because. Levels, they you do counseling, they do, you know, they see you, how you interact, and you have experts evaluate you, and it, they say, well, yeah, you know, I think you're safe. I think you can, you know, you, now you can be in the same unit with them, and then after. That doesn't fit their agenda. Because like, there's a lot of nursing homes around here that have been abandoned or uh, like people moved out of them and now they're turning them into homeless shelters. Why, why can't they do that for this kind of a cause? Exactly. How about a family rehabilitation center? Right. Where you rehabilitate a family. I did not know that. Number two is the uh, military. That's what produces more jobs in the United States. First, the health and human services. And that's just counting the social workers, guardian life, stuff like that. Okay, if you take in the pharmaceutical thing, because the pharmaceutical, it creates jobs. Because first, you got the kickbacks that creates, you know, and putting all these kids on it. And then you got the lawsuits. The lawsuit makes money go around, too. And so I understand how it makes the economy go around the institutional trafficking. But you could create an economy just as good, if not better, building the family instead of destroying it. You're absolutely right. But that that doesn't put money in their pockets personally. That doesn't fill their pockets. They don't get as much as they normally would if they actually help us out. Because 
you know, and they could always partner with like certain corporations like like Walmart or uh, places like that. Like where, hey, uh, like uh, there's a family living in our shelter. Uh, maybe help them out with employment and like we can work something out to where it's worth your while too. You know, something. Because I know when I was living in a homeless shelter uh, back in Chicago, uh, the homeless shelter's belief that if you're in a homeless shelter, you're either an alcoholic or a drug addict. Like, and they had this contract uh, with this this big rehab uh, 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 facility out there. Like, where, uh, when as long as you're living in the homeless shelter, uh, they're funding this this rehab. But also the homeless shelter, like they got some kind of a kickback, like, uh, like however it worked for each person in, uh, that was in the rehab, uh, they got government funding and all that. You know, they can do something like that for uh, uh, children and families. There's something. I mean, that's just a rough idea, of course. But you know, there has to be something where uh, we could reform this system. But also, but also, uh, uh, children should not be removed from a home, like Senator Nancy Schaefer said, uh, without the order of a, a uh, uh, jury. But the only way you should remove a child from the home is if a unanimous jury says, yes, this child needs to be removed. Right. I mean, why does a child not have the same basic human rights? It has the same rights as family, as culture, as identity. Why would you strip that? Like my kids, my youngest one can't speak Spanish. Because they're not old enough to vote, probably. I don't know. Because, like I said, if, if somebody raped me, they would take your rapist and put him in jail and give him a fair trial. Yeah, right, they wouldn't lock you away. Right. They wouldn't take me away from my, my kids and my mom and my daddy and my aunt and put me in the, lock me down and drug me up. Because it's harder, um, they uh, can't sell you on the market as easy as they can a child. That's what it is. Oh, that reminds me. This is another one everybody needs to know. Okay. My daddy, my stepdaddy, but he's my daddy. He raised me sometime I too. Right. He tried to get my kids. They said because my daddy never did adopt me and he ain't my biological father, he had to go through the foster care, you know, the foster care way. Right. So he went in foster classes and he, you know, had to set the tape up to in his electrical wire and prove they went and did everything, right? Yeah. His yard, his house, everything. He, they approved it. They said he could have any kid he wanted now, what is that? And they gave him a website where he could go pick kids. You could order them by, you could put by their race, their eye color, their age, and then it would pop up all these kids. You put in how you like them, and it would pop up kids all over the 
Probably like DoorDash for kids, huh? Yeah. I just saw something a couple nights ago where uh, you can adopt kids on Instagram. Uh, parents are paying cash. There's one mother uh, or uh, um, um, lady uh, paid $9,000 for a child. Uh, she never got him, though. But who, uh, who has the, uh, like who in the military or like, like who has authority to just come down on this? Like it would have to be somebody that orders the military around, but says, "All right, move in well, and do this." I mean, it's. Well, I was watching another video. Yes, it was yesterday. I was actually it wasn't me watching it. My son was watching it, and I overheard it. Constitution, you have 
judges. So that would make it. I mean, that's when an exemption in that kind of matata, whatever that you know that law where the military can't function here. What is it called? I have uh, no idea. It's not hard to prove. It's not. We all have evidence in our hands. So that would mean the military would have jurisdiction under that matata cotta whatever law. I'll look it up and give it and, and email it to you. Yeah, send that to me. The only exception is when it's treason. But I remember that uh, Supreme Court ruling where it's a, it went all the way to the Supreme Court and they ruled that the judge going against the Constitution amounted to treason. But who would give that order, do you know? To tell the military to move in on this and make it happen? see the president doing it. Huh? <laughs> I don't see the president doing it. happened it wasn't a well, law then but yeah but marijuana laws aren't because they're letting people off the hook who had marijuana charges way back then and then they legalized them and like, wiped it off their records and let them out of prison and well, so I don't know how they do that more likely it'd be like everything else pick and choose whatever's convenient for them yep 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 like 
organized crime. My husband been involved in organized crime a little bit, but not to, not specific. But the stuff that talked about specific stuff is gone out of my drive. Wow. So I noticed that when I seen it, not almost. I said, well, should I send them just the last page? And then I thought, well, I don't know what it's taking me to send them the last page. But the last page, it just says uh, diagnosis and recommendations, right? Yeah. They just mentioned that you have a uh, uh, um, delusional idea of conspiracy. Is that what they're telling you? No. Well, well, not no. They don't even say that. No. Okay. They don't mention it at all. But I tell them my story, and then I took and because that paper, you know, the papers that were leaked to me. Yeah. I took them all three thousand of them to the doctor, and then I told my side. I don't think you do. Because I've talked to people that are delusional, and I don't see it in you. Because, I, uh, 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 like I said, I, like I said I was homeless, and where I lived, they used to have this, this. Uh, they still have it actually now, but like back in the '80s, they uh, they emptied out all of the mental patients uh, uh, because they lost funding. Like, so they opened up the gates and they let all these people out on the streets and um, they're all homeless. They've been homeless for like 30-something years and I've seen people uh, uh, um, talking to flagpoles and like holding on full conversations with um, telephone poles and all kinds of stuff, you know. I mean, there's all kinds of people out there, but like, so I've met all kinds of people in that situation and I don't hear it in you. is amazing this is this needs to be told I just hope I don't end up disappearing <laughs> I don't I don't leave it high but if you're still out there I guess I got some hope well this is another thing that's hot on my videos like when I do my Benghazi video right yeah
So what is the name of this video that's on YouTube? Hold on, I'll send it to you. Okay. Now all these um, things that you're going to send to me, do I have permission to... Why, did you want me to yeah. post these on the page? But how about the pictures? Uh, how about the pictures of you and the uh, 9/11 guy? I can't yeah, pronounce it. Sure. Okay. I just want to oh, yeah. make sure I don't offend you by posting anything you don't want made public. Oh no. Okay. This is my deal. Okay. I just want to make I sure. Want, I want the people to put my kid in the cage and other kids in the cage. Even if they didn't get deformed like my son, eight hours, even if it's only once a week or once a month, come on, you going to put a child eight hours in a cage for every time you think it deserves it? Yeah, I'm going to look into that place because uh, that shit's got to stop. Because you don't do that to... If you did that to a dog and your neighbor reported it, you'd go to jail with a felony. But you can do it to a child. You can do it to a child. I don't think so. And you said that was New Alternatives? Is that what you called that place? off to I think he's looking for something to do and he's an investigative journalist I've uh, spoken with him once but I've been working with other uh, like people doing other things but um, I think okay, I might have uh, to give him Your, they mention your name? Yeah, well, they called me the Mexican League, and they talked about the film. I mean, the DVD. Wow. And I would, I would get him on, but they, they went, when they went after me, they went after him, and he got convicted with a felony, and part of his probation is he can't talk about this. Oh. That's convenient.
synonyms and antonyms. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. What is the ones that mean the same thing? Oh, shit. It's been a while. <laughs> Why do you okay. have to throw that well, curveball at me? I was living, I looked in a book with one of them synonyms, antonyms, something like that. Yeah. You look up a word, but you find another word that means the same thing. All right. Use one of those books in the, uh, at the hospital. Thesaurus? And I said, huh? That's, uh, uh, the book is called a thesaurus. Yeah, a thesaurus. I yeah. got one of them. I got one of them. And I looked up for a word that really means like de facto. You know what de facto is, right? Yeah. Like de facto truth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is uh, pretty amazing. We have about 25 minutes left. Wait, so if there's well, any... Well, you, if there's you any, get story, you're going to get a good, a good idea how bad it is from the kid's perspective. Yeah. Absolutely. The kids are innocent. And if they do it, if they're willing to do this to my kids, they're probably doing it to the other kids, too. Oh, I know and they, they are. Maybe they got a contract with Planned Parenthood and they, they needed some body parts.
I know chlorophyll is is uh, that's in plants and makes plants green. Yeah, it's green. It's real green. It's called chlorophyll or something similar to that. Right. But you go look it up. Chlorophyll gets in the neighborhood. It might be chlorophyll, but something like that, and it builds the blood. And the military uses it a lot because what happens if they're in a war war zone and you got like Rh negative blood. Right. You know, it's hard to take. You can't. You when you're Rh negative, you can't take anybody's blood. You can give to everybody, but you can't receive it. Oh. think you're allowed to sell somebody's blood without their consent. And how can a child give consent? At least I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't know, but the way things are nowadays, I, I don't know. And another thing that happened that was suspicious before we go, is at first, they said they were going, they couldn't find a home for my kid. They didn't have none. They just two books. Just too many foster kids. So they go Insurance commercial, uh, a Lego commercial, and a 
send me, um, email me, or just message me your uh, uh, name. Yeah, the name of your uh, YouTube page so I can I look that over too. I got to see all this stuff. I got several. Okay. I mean, I believe you. I just want to see it. We can okay. do it after you get off the phone with me. There it is. I just sent the one about the cage, the uh, Benghazi cage boy. And if you watch to the end, right? Yeah. You're going to see Tim and Jerry, Terry Jones talking about the Mexican League and the uh, DVDs at the State Department. Okay. And I can show you the State Department papers that show that I was doing, that I, this happened on February 22nd. When I did emergency uh, emergency medical evacuation. Wow. Just a few months before Benghazi. I'm surprised Hillary hasn't been to see you yet. <laughs> well, I actually believe that if, if that motel wouldn't have threw me out thinking I had my dog, yeah. it might have happened. Yep, God's really looking over you, I'll tell you what. And something told me not to call that 1-800 uh, state partner's number and tell them that what happened and that I moved. Because you're supposed to tell them when stuff like that's happening, you're supposed to tell them where you're at at all times and all. Yeah. Because that was part of the agreement that I called and told them. Something told me not to call and tell them. Well, it's a good thing probably you didn't because... Okay, it looks, it looks like we're back up now. It's working again. Okay. Alright, well, I'm looking forward to talking to him. I did send him a text. And, uh... Oh, we're getting feedback now. Three to four? Yeah, I'm 
All right, sounds good. I will talk. Sounds good. Alright. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Stay safe out there. Yeah, and hopefully Chase Merritt can come home because he's in jail for a crime he did not commit. Yeah, we'll look into that too, definitely. We're going to check all this out. Alright. Thank bye, you. Bye. Yeah, bye. Bye, Paul. Okay, well, that was the show. Um, wow. I told her the only reason I'm going to put this show up and make it public, uh, besides for the good cause, is for uh, like people need to know these things. And uh, I like to say, if uh, Senator Nancy Schaefer is out there, um, we need you, and we love you, and we hope to see you soon. Uh, well, that's the end of the show. I'll be back tomorrow. Thank you. We've all made mistakes. Like when you convince yourself you should cut your own hair. Um, you shouldn't. Or when you forget someone's name you've already met. Like three times. At Frost Bank, we can't help you avoid every mistake. But we can help when you overdraft. If you overdraw your checking account by $100 or less, we'll waive the fee based on qualifying conditions. Because, hey, we're all human. It's about being more understanding... It's about more than money. Frost Bank. Learn about qualifying conditions at frostbank.com slash overdraft. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget. Never settle. Never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up with the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC.